Yo, welcome to the Provise Project, fam. It's your boy Temprovise. Now today is a very special day. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, uh, sorry, Pro Skater Remake comes out today uh, in 2020. If you're if you're listening to this in the future, um, so um, by all means, we have Chris Roche, who was the creative director for Tony Hawk One, Two three and the undergrounds as well um very lucky to get him on uh he, he we chop it up about old retro games but also talk around a couple of things that happen uh and questions from uh the tony hawk pro skater series it was very very late for him so um i was very fortunate that we could um get him on but hey uh if you want to support the project uh patreon.com forward slash the provise project enjoy this all right, Chris, mate. Hello, hello. Hello, are you, are you loud and clear? Am I good to go as well? Yeah, you're good. I'm good. Oh, sweet. Okay. How, how's everything? Because you guys are still on the lockdown buzz. How's everything going over there? Uh, it's going good. Good. Just working from home where I've spent uh, most of my time for the last several months. Man, I have to be honest. Your background, what you got? It. Let's let's go through these. You got that your skate uh, deck up the. Oh, you know, man, you got the hook. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's just some of the stuff from this is my office at home so uh there's like a tony tony gave us these the the original team up top there uh that's uh rodney's one of his signs from enjoy uh another auto autograph from tony uh bob burnquist on a four four one one video cavalero soy jamie thomas Ooh. all that kind of stuff Look, yeah, right. me. Yeah, that's that's most of it's all <laughs> up in storage. This oh. is just the stuff. Boy, what's, what's some what's some stuff you got in storage that everybody will know? What's the what's the one Grail thing you've got? Um, so two two of the boards that I really liked from the first game were uh, a Rune Glyphberg board and a Jeff Rowley board, and the boards that we scanned. Uh, for the deck graphics, I still have those, uh, but I wrote them, so they're all shredded up. <laughs> but oh. uh, they're signed, so I have those tucked away. And then I, I just have a bunch of other random stuff, uh, some really cool photos. Um, I think the, the 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 funniest thing I have is a a magazine from uh, Romania. I don't, and it, uh, some guys came up at at E three our our uh, big video game show. And wanted to do an interview, and they were from a, a, a Romanian magazine. And a couple months later, I got a copy of it in the mail after they had done it. And uh, my headshot in the thing is like a half a page for this Tony Hawk article. I couldn't read any of it, obviously. Okay. Um, my headshot's like a half a page, and then on the next page is like Tony and Kelly Slater and Matt Hoffman, and their pictures are all really small, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> Man. So I'm huge in Romania. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, hey, whatever floats the boat. I, th I think Romania's yeah. Romania is one of those places that is like, I think they I have think the best internet in the world. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Okay. Well, um, dude. So how how did you get? How, what was your? We'll start there. What was your first ever gaming memory, man? Like going back to when you were a kid. Oh, geez. So I'm old. Um, and. My, I was broke when I was a kid, but my cousin had a lot of money and he, I had one cousin with an Atari and another cousin with, uh, in television. 
um, or ColecoVision actually for him. Um, but like in terms of game, I mean, it goes back to before they were, you know, LCDs or, or even video games where they were like little wind up electromechanical kind of racing games and stuff like that. Yep. And they were, my cousins were like five years older than me. So there was kind of this generation of, of stuff that they had that was, that wasn't really my time, but I got to experience that stuff first and, and kind of, I, I, I got to dig like working on, uh, you know, little things I could do by myself, games I could play by myself that way. So that was kind of cool. Cause, um, did you grow up in, um, California? Was that your thing? Was yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was the arcades like, how were the arcades in like growing up in California? Cause in New um, Zealand, we had the shit stuff. We had all the stuff that nobody, like we would see stuff on the, um, on the, uh, the, the magazines, the CG, all the, the computer gaming magazines. And mm-hmm. we would see all that and we'd be like, man, that would be cool. And then we would never get that shit ever. <laughs> oh, that <It> sucks. sucked. <laughs> um, arcades here were great. Uh, the one, so uh, for us, it was everywhere, right? Like y- you would go into the, the laundromat to do your, you know, wash your clothes or whatever. And there'd be three video games there. You know, they'd have a Galaxian and, and you know, Asteroids and whatever sitting in the corner. Uh, you would go to any given pizza parlor, pizza place, and, and they would have video games. You'd go all, they were all over the place. So uh, arcades weren't the only places that they were. And when I was a kid, um, you know, arcades were like, uh, like all the teenagers hung out there. So a lot of the stuff that I played, I played at like bowling alleys and all these other places where all these arcade games were. Um, but yeah, that, that stuff was everywhere. One, one arcade that I do remember that was really cool. Uh, there's a, a um, an old mall. Uh, there's a city called Buena Park near me, and the Buena Park Mall, you know, indoor shopping center, um, had an arcade called. I keep thinking it was called Aladdin's Arcade or something like that. And the the entryway to the to the place was a long hallway that was lined completely with neon lights, like this big neon strobing tunnel thing that you had it was like a space warp that you had to walk through to get into the arcade so it was super cool wow um i've looked you know online for reference of that place and i just people talk about it on chat rooms and stuff but nobody's got any pictures or anything so that kind of bums me out what was the go-to what was your game of choice when you walked into the arcade the first one you're going to um let's see street fighter guy what uh yeah eventually that was that was a little bit later like er, early early stuff was pac-man uh donkey kong if i wanted to lose my money real fast because it's so hard um burger time was really good uh and then later you know as i'm as i as i got older um street fighter was cool uh cool but always crowded and then mortal kombat showed up and nobody knew what it was yet so we were playing some of that um and then when we figured that out that became a favorite like Mortal Kombat 2 was a huge favorite. Uh, my buddies and I went down to the uh, convenience store and spent 25 bucks or so beating the Ninja Turtles arcade game. That was, a, yeah. that was cool. NBA Jam, we played a ton of that. Um, all, you name it, all kinds. I've been hooked on games since I was a kid. So those, like, those, those ones you named were like the ones that we first got in New Zealand. Like, they were like, that's when arcades started coming with the Virtual Fighter, and Street Fighter, well, Street Fighter World Warrior was the first one that I can remember that was actually worth yeah. like asking your mom for some money, like, like <laughs> yeah. And then after that, and then it was kind of like, 
Yeah, and then then the other games started coming out when Acclaim kept bringing all their stuff out. We we're like, oh shit, this is it. And then um, <laughs> and then like the consoles just trying to talk over some shit. Like, yeah. Um, th- what was the first console that you kind of had as a? Or did you did you have uh, the whole the- C- Sega Nintendo type thing or? Oh yeah, uh, uh, every mostly Nintendo when I was a kid. The very first thing I ever owned was called a Telstar Marksman, which is like a Pong clone with a light gun. Um, it had a few different, uh, you know, versions of Pong on it. And then just a little, uh, strobing bouncing box that you could shoot with the light gun, get it to change direction and register a point. And then, you know, you, you pretty quickly figure out that you can just put the gun in the middle of the the screen and every hit registers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, because, because was so Nintendo. So you came up with Nintendo. Was that a bit? Was Nintendo yeah, yeah. huge in America compared to Sega? 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 Yeah, it was bigger here. Damn. Yeah, Sega was number two here the whole time. It was um, opposite over here, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so we had basically uh, N- Nintendo was kind of a name that was around because they had those little LCD uh, pocket games that you could play. Yeah. Uh, and, and people knew it from the arcades. They knew Donkey Kong and stuff like that, Popeye arcade game. Um, and then when the, the NES, the Nintendo first came out, um, at, at least over here, that was like the video games reborn because prior to that, it was like, um, the, the last of the Ataris were the last consoles, the 7,800 or whatever was, you know, this, this old dead thing. And, um, there was, there was a couple of years where there was just kind of nothing. Um, people had forgotten about video games and we were doing other stuff. And then that Nintendo came around. Uh, and I remember I was living in an, uh, an apartment upstairs and my downstairs neighbor kid was my age and he got the Nintendo and we were down there every day playing <laughs> Mario every day. It was, it was it was really cool. It was the first time you you looked at that and thought that this kind of looks like the arcade, like actually kind of looks like the arcade. You know, the, the difference when you're looking at Space Invaders in an arcade or on an Atari or, you know, Pac-Man, like classic example of something that, that looked horrible on the Atari. But it was this looked like, you know, he had uh, he had Mario Brothers. And then pretty soon after that, he got Kung Fu Master. Oh. And that was some oh, we played so much of that. Super cool. I know you're. But yeah, that yeah, was it. It was always a Nintendo. You're. Uh, I'm guessing that you're a traveled, a traveled man. You've been around the world. Yeah, been a, been a few places. Have you? Did you feel some type of, or how can I, some spiritual coming over? Have you ever been to Super Potato in Japan? No. Oh man, I've been to Japan, but it was it was such a tight trip. No, I didn't get a chance. I went to Super Potato, and you know what Super Potato was, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, this thing was like <laughs> it was like walking into the ch- like I felt baptized. I felt like somebody baptized me in this pool of of, of geekdom. And holy shit, I went to all yeah. three of them. I, I and I had my kids with me, and I was like, "Come on, kids!" They didn't know what the fuck they were talking like. They're looking at. <laughs> I was like, "Look at this! This is a pink Dreamcast that only came out." And they're like, "Dad, we right. we only play Fortnite." I'm like, "Look at them! Like you, oh, you just don't man. understand." Um, yeah. <laughs> Yo, and then I, then I showed them the Virtual Boy, and they were like, "Oh, so it's like your Oculus." And I was like, "Shut, shut, shut your mouth! It's not like the I, Oculus." Yeah, I think we still have. I got my dog popping in. Here. Hey, we got the cameo. 
Yeah. He's a big dog. Yeah, it's a good name. Good guy. Nixon. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, you can go to places like that and, you know, find it's amazing. Like there's, there's 50 Dreamcasts you didn't even know existed that only came out over there, you know? So that's, that's pretty rad. We also, um, we also had one in New Zealand that came out. Like it was the only, like the only one that came out here. I can't remember what it was, but um, I know someone in the chat will hit me up, but yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was quite, quite an honor. Like we've got our own Dreamcast and no nice. one else in the world has got it. <laughs> was it like a colored or did yeah. it have a paint job? Yeah, it was a colored one. I can't remember what it was though, but um, yeah, yeah, someone will remind me. So anyway, man, so like what made you get into like the gaming industry? Like what was the first from being a consumer to being a creator? How did that, what was that process like for you? So that was kind of an accident. Um, I was going to school to do uh, graphic design. Um, I wanted to do like branding, you know, like Pepsi logos and uh ad campaigns and and like branding in general for product and whatever um and i was hanging out a lot at my buddy's house um and you know we sat there and we played a lot of turbo graphics um over there which which uh it's pc engine right um and one day uh he he had lived with his aunt and his aunt comes home she was uh she wasn't much older than us and she says hey i just got a job at uh this place in Irvine, which is a city near us. Um, and they make video games and, uh, you know, people there don't even wear shoes and they work with Disney and they do all this cool stuff. And my job at the time I was going to school, but my job at the time was I was the video game guy at, um, like a retail store, like a toy store. Um, and she says, I, I, she's going to be in customer service, answering phone calls. And I was like, I, I would totally rather do that than what I'm doing right now. So, I called him. Uh, it was it was Virgin Interactive, um, and it was right around the time that um, Aladdin for the for the Sega Genesis was. Um, it was probably halfway, almost done. Uh, and I had called them up and said, you know, hey, I heard you guys might be hiring for customer service, and I I talked to a lady on the phone, and after a few minutes, she asked me how old I was, and I told her I'm I'm 18. And she says, oh, you, you don't want to work in customer service. You want to be down in the QA department. Oh. And I said, I was like, what's QA? I don't, what is that? She goes, well, that's, that's quality assurance. And that's where they play the games. And then you report back to the people making them what's wrong. And I was like, I, I would totally do that. You're going to pay me to play video games. <laughs> I can definitely do this. So, yeah, that was, that was my first gig was um, QA at Virgin. It was a... It was really, um, it was a, a much smaller industry, I think, than, you know, like there'd be five of us on a game as big as like, you know, Lion King for the Genesis and stuff like that. There'd be five testers on it, you know, and nowadays it's a whole department of people that test all that stuff and they, they kind of get swept in and out with each project. They don't, they're not permanent, you know, it's, it's kind of a different thing, hmm. but yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Virgin, Virgin, uh, Games made some real bangers, man. Like, oh yeah, they like one of mine was Speedball, man. I would jam the fuck out of Speedball like every moment <laughs> I could, because it was like basketball. Yeah. So I was like, it's like basketball but like dirty. Because mm -hmm. I, I used to jam Arch Rivals. That used to be my thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. That was that. 
another one that was uh, next to the Simpsons arcade machine yep. at a place with buddies that I was And you could, about. like, yeah. if you knew the, the, the way to get it, you could pull their pants down. Pull the down and trip them up. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, could, you could cheat them. But Speedball was, like, it was that mixed with, um, and I, I, I used to watch uh, Blade, oh, not Blade Runner, the one with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, he, he, it's, running uh, Man? Or yeah, Recall. Running Man. That's yeah. the one. It was like yeah. that mixed with basketball, and I was like, "Yep, that's me." And I used to stand yeah. that. Did you? Like, were you a fan of like Virgin Games before you went there, or was it just uh, the stuff that I knew of Virgin was um, like Cool Spot? Remember the old Seven Up uh, character? Yeah, they had done that, and I remember we had a demo of it at the toy store where I worked, and so that's kind of how I was a little bit familiar with them. Um, but other than that, I. I I didn't even know video games were made in the United States, to be perfectly honest. Like, it's just one of the things you, you never even think about it. You know, as a, as a kid, I just play this stuff. I read, you know, magazines and Nintendo Power and whatever. And I knew Atari came from here. But then as far as Nintendo was concerned, I, I just assumed all that stuff was made in Japan. Yeah. And then you find out it's, it's five miles down the freeway. Oh. And all right, cool. <laughs> you didn't even... I didn't even know. I wouldn't yeah. have. I wouldn't have even looked if it uh, if it didn't walk through that door with my buddy's aunt. Because Aladdin changed the. Well, it's quite funny that you mentioned uh, the, oh, yeah. Aladdin, like the power, mm-hmm. like your the. I mean, it's quite serendipitous. The place that you yeah. the, the arcade, and then you, all of a sudden you're you're quality testing Aladdin, but that changed the game, bro. Aladdin was up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. That so I, I, Virgin was in this big brick building. And you, you kind of walked upstairs and went through all these departments and there's a lot of people sitting in their, you know, in their separated, you know, areas and doing their thing. And then you go into this one particular room where all the, the testers were at the time. And there's, I don't know, 10 people in a room that's probably made for five people. And there's just TVs and stuff stacked everywhere and everybody's playing Aladdin. And so that was one of the first things that they, they you know, showed me was and tried to sell me on as far as working there um you know it had this new animation compression routine so all of a sudden it looked like animation it didn't look like a kind of a you know jumpy video game um you know they worked with disney animators to get this stuff going and then they they, you know brought all that stuff over here and that team was still there uh in the same building the actual um the guys who eventually left and formed uh um they went. They did uh, Earthworm Jim, Shiny, uh, Dave Perry, and all those guys. Uh, they were still there, uh, bit, and yeah. they not long after. Because I got a bone to pick with you, okay? Yeah, yeah. The, like, listen, in my day, we could only rent like because I was poor. Um, my mom was like, she give me like so. I used to have to rent games out, okay? Yeah. And I rented the Lion Book, uh, the Lion Book, the Lion King, and I have uh-huh. never been more frustrated. And fucked off with the game. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, man? I didn't even touch him. Like, the hitboxes yeah. were off, man. Why did you not protect us on that, brother? You were in charge. I, I definitely tried, man. I gotta say, I tried. You know, you get to a point, like, I got to a point playing that game. That was one of the games, the the Genesis version specifically. Yep. Um, where... Before, like speed running was a thing, you just played it so much that you could memorize every bit. And I, I remember, um, like the second or third level was the level where it was all crazy colors, yeah, and your graph heads and stuff. You're taking me back. And I remember that was a that was a nightmare. But 
I got to a point where I could just rifle through it. And I actually found um, late, I found a, a crash. Like you could, you could get the character down into this little spot and lock the whole game up, have to turn off the Genesis and be done with it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember the specifics, but I'm pretty sure it's still there. I'm pretty sure they told me they couldn't fix it because it was too late. Yeah. Right. And they were going to, that was a big deal because there was this big fight. Um, our, our department was like, you can't put this out because they were going to pack Lion King into the box. So at least over here, when you bought a Sega Genesis, you could buy the Genesis with Lion King in the box. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. And so they had, I don't know, they were going to make 200,000 of those or something. And they're like, you cannot put this in a box if this thing comes out and it's going to crash or whatever. And it, and they did. But, you know, it's funny. Um, God, all this stuff is coming back. Uh, <laughs> they never really found my book. That wasn't a problem. But uh, apparently when, when they made those, in order to make that many carts in enough time, um, they had two different manufacturers and I, and one of them was, I think down in Mexico and another one, I forget where, where they were from. One of those manufacturers got like a bad chip or something for their carts. And when you would pop it into your Genesis, if you got one made in that factory, uh, you just got a black screen. So a whole bunch of them got returned because they didn't work. And so they ended up with this, they ended up with this bummer problem anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But back then, you know, they just replace it, send you a new one. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little peek into my past, okay? Chris? Okay. Okay. I was a naughty kid growing up. I was very naughty, not naughty, sure. and I was a bad kid. Like I would, I would find ways to cheat the system, not in a, not in a criminal way. Well, I suppose this one, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. It's it's 1994. There's little Timmy, and he gets uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Okay, from the oh, video he shop. Okay, yep. and it was so good, I tampered, I, I took the actual card out of the cartridge that I rented, and I put my mm -hmm. old one, I put, I don't know, it was some trashy game that I had, I put it in there, and I gave it back so I could hold it for, for the whole week, right? Thinking nobody's uh -huh, going to yeah. get this out. My mum got a yep. call, and the police were involved, and I got in trouble, <laughs> and I... <laughs> But I, but I got to play the game for an extra, like, three days. It was the best. Oh, yeah. I love that game. That game was my jam, yo. I love Bruce Lee growing up. You just say, I don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I, yeah. I have no idea. What are you talking about? That's crazy, what you're saying. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> who would... And then I was like, I, was, I just came clean. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I just wanted to play this game again. And, man, I, we call... You know, when, when your mum gives you a bit of a slap around, in New Zealand, we call that getting a hiding. Right. Oh, nice. And I got a hiding for that one. I got a oh. good hiding. <laughs> yeah, I can I walked, imagine. I walked a little funny because she had to pay a fine from the from the video. <laughs> it was like a $50 fine for tampering. And I was like, oh, my bad. My <laughs> that game yeah. was cool, too. Like, there's some really cool games. That came so out of vision. You, you played the uh, the Genesis one, then? Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. okay. That was the one I remember um, when we were doing that was uh, that was the first maybe the only um, Atari Jaguar game uh, that, that Virgin did. So, so while I was at Virgin, that, that Bruce Lee showed up and, or not obviously didn't show up, the game itself showed up yeah. um, on Jaguar. And that was one that we put out. What a, if he did show up, what a story that would have been. Well, yeah, that would have been a little <laughs> impossible, but, you know. Fine. <laughs> in 1994, you're like, wait a minute, is that Bruce Lee in the, he's coming. <laughs> 
he heard about some kid in New Zealand tampering with yeah, games. He's really pissed off that people are, are trying to swipe his game. <laughs> <laughs> but my all-time favorite, and, and it's a very niche game, because I love boxing, was the, was the Muhammad Ali game. That was, oh, yeah. That was sure. the first time I played a game, and it had like a progression system. Like you could, you know, you, you, like I didn't really see that in games. And like, you know, you'd go yeah. train and it would, it would raise your bar again. You didn't say that in a sports yeah. game. That was my first you one. You know, uh, one of the early ones that I remember, um, and I don't know why I, had a, I got a hold of it, but I think EA made it. It was called 4D Boxing. And it was the same, it was the same type of thing that, that got me hooked on it was the progression. You would train, you would climb the ranks. You know, if you lost, you'd drop down. You'd have to become a contender so you could get the title fights. That was really cool. That was cool. fun. I like that stuff. Yeah. And then, like, um, yeah, me and my mates would just jam out every day. We'd just be like, yo. Let's get it in, and then you'd you know you'd have your career mode guy, and then you'd fight each yeah. other. It was it was awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I know. That, let's get into Tony Hawk, my friend. You know, sure. Yeah, let's yeah, do this. Out. My That's all time, one. my all time favorite game is Tony Hawk. Like awesome, all time. Tony Hawk one and two, and a little bit of three, just a tiny bit, not much. Sure. But those, yeah. the, when I think back to my childhood. We had a game called Jonah. Are you, are you uh, familiar with rugby? It's a little bit, not yeah. too much, but yeah. So we had a superhero in New Zealand. His name was Jonah Lomu, and he okay. had his own game, and it was a rugby <laughs> game that was big, and that was on the PlayStation. But nothing okay. for me beat Tony Hawk. Like it was, it was just it. So how did like so you went from Virgin? Like let's get that progression yeah. between Virgin to like NeverSoft. How did that all happen? Uh, that's crazy that's a that's a good story um i was in that qa department at virgin for about a year and then i got moved over um they, they figured out i could do art and some other stuff and you could either go to the production side of things or the creative side of things and i chose to go to the creative building um i worked on like a baseball game and uh, uh virgin kind of got turned over into westwood and then ea and every time uh, for the last three years that I was there, which is probably 90, 96, 7, 98, roughly, um, I had tried to pitch uh, a skateboarding game. Uh, it started as a snowboarding game. I wanted to pitch. I got into snowboarding and I wanted to pitch snowboarding. I, I skated when I was a kid. Um, and then when I, uh, I hit a handrail and, you know, thought I would never recover from that. And so I quit skating after that um, and took up snowboarding a little bit later. So uh, I started with a snowboarding game and Cool Borders, which was a, a, an early PlayStation game, start, came through our office. And one of our producers... One of my favorites, was, too. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, one of our producers was hooked on it. So I gave up on the snowboarding thing. And, and then, you know, the next year came back around. And I started seeing um, people riding skateboards again. Like kids would be riding skateboards down the street. And for a while, skateboarding had gone underground. Um, it was, you know, it was huge in the 80s and it lasted into, uh, you know, kind of the late 80s. But like, you know, you hear Tony talk a lot about like when Vert died and, and street kind of started happening. But it, it wasn't um, it wasn't until the early 90s that that street really started, you know, or mid 90s, really, that street really started like Rodney started doing flips and everything else and making it different. So a lot of what skating was at the time was kids riding mini ramps, you know, with gigantic pants. Um, and it was just not out in the open. But I started seeing kids riding skateboards again. And um, 
you know, I, I, I kind of drummed it up again. And every time I would, would bring it up, um, you know, I was kind of told by different managers, like, that's not going to fly. They won't do that. You know, it's a, it's a fad. Um, so it won't, you know, by the time you're done with the game, nobody's going to be skateboarding anymore. So forget it and all that kind of stuff. Well, the last year that I was there, um, <clears throat> I gave it one last try and, um, I was pitching a game called concrete warriors, which was basically I wanted to dreamcast was coming around. Um, we had uh, early dreamcast, um, hardware. I'm trying to remember the code name. Um, and they wanted me to do a bunch of pitches, a bunch of game ideas for what we could do for Dreamcast. Um, and one of them was uh, the skateboarding game, Concrete Warriors. And I had a friend in marketing um, who, who helped me this time around, and she convinced me, instead of just being uh, a creative pitch, why don't you um, show them numbers, show them the size of the audience, do all this stuff. She hooked me up with a bunch of magazine editors for like Thrasher and Transworld Magazine, all these big skateboarding magazines. And they gave me all of their readership info so that I could do things like show off how big an audience would be, right? Like if this magazine, there's a, there's a, a stat in magazines called a pass-through, which basically is um, if, if you have one copy of this magazine, how many people are actually going to read it, right? So these skateboarding magazines had, you know, pass-throughs of four, five, six, whatever, which meant that, you know, if you have uh, 200,000 uh, subscribers to your magazine, um, an advertisement in that magazine would be worth an audience of over a million, right? Because it's, it's X5 or whatever per copy. So I started being able to, to do that. I did a whole report. I still have that. Um, I have my original little document. I did that um, 3D. I, I started uh, doing 3D graphics at the time and I uh, had a little spot in there to show them how I could light a very low poly bowl like a skate bowl with a little hip in the middle um and you know using just concrete and 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 not having flat shaded sides you could make it look smooth um and it was cheap um you know we could we could license guys like tony hawk we could do all this stuff like these this it was ripe for um jumping in hmm. and the last person that i pitched that to i even made t-shirts i still have one of those too <laughs> um the last person that i pitched that to uh, sat me down and told me like, and we had just been bought by EA and they sat me down and they said, you know, Oh, here, this thing you pitched with uh, this little adventure game that might be, that might be cool. So we'll put that over here. Um, this one, you know, has tanks in it and we have red alert. So I don't know about that. Excuse me. Um, but then this, this skateboarding thing, like, you know, I don't think we're going to do that because that's not like, that's not what we do. Um, and it was funny because <clears throat> somewhere in the conversation, he said to me, you know, oh, well, if, if uh, I, and I tried to convince, right? Like it's getting really popular again, you know, we can consider it. Um, and he told me that that manager, um, you know, uh, we were not going to worry about that. You know, if someone else were to come along and do a skateboarding game, you know, are we going to be upset about it? Yeah, probably not. And I was like, okay, like, like, that's fine. But that was like his, you know, we had just been bought by EA and then later find out that they're desperate to do, they had, they signed up street skater from Japan. Um, anyway, so uh, I was, you know, shot down for the third time and super frustrated. And they sent me to E3, which was that big trade show. 
Uh, and this time E3 was uh, across the country in Atlanta. This was 98, 97, probably 97. Um, and I'm sitting in a bar with a friend of mine at the, at E3 and I'm, I'm drinking and I'm complaining very loudly to my friend, you know, like why on earth would anybody want to make a skateboarding game? Because, you know, it could be fun and, you know, just being yeah. a jackass, I'm pissed off. Um, and this dude walks up to me behind me and, and he just goes, dude, Hey man. And he's got this big beer in his hand. And I look over and, uh, it, 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 it's Joel Jewett. He's the president of Neversoft. And I had no idea who Neversoft was at the time or this guy. He's, he's a giant handlebar mustache and a big puffy camping jacket and just, just loud dude, man, dude, every other word out of his mouth is dude. Um, and he goes, you want to make a skateboarding game? And I was like, oh yeah. Like, who are you, man? Like what you came up behind me. <laughs> uh, and I go, yeah, you know, I, uh, he's like, you're here for you three. I said, yeah. And he said, um, you know, we're me and my company here, my, my team behind you. I look behind me. There's like six people sitting at the bar and kind of wave. And, uh, he goes, we're trying to, we're going to make a skateboarding game. We want to make a skateboarding game. And I said, oh, that's, that's cool. And he goes, do you know, uh, do you actually know anything about skateboarding? Because we don't know anything about skateboarding. Wow. And I go, yeah, man, I know. All I'm, I'm huge. Like, I'm, I'm a huge skateboard fan. And, he's, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, dude, you're going to have to, like, you know, you, you want to talk to us or whatever. Like, can you do 3D? He's asking me these questions, kind of a little shotgun bar interview. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just so, uh, you know, like what are the odds like this this random guy comes up yeah. to me and, and i didn't think too much of it at the time but um he had told me that they had a, a top skater machine um across the street from their office uh, so there was this bowling alley across the street from the uh, one of the early neversoft offices and they had a top skater which is that big sega game where you hold on the handlebars and you uh, have a board underneath your feet um and uh that was kind of their reference and he goes, you know, we're trying to talk to um, Activision right now and see if they'll make a skateboarding game. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. And he says, uh, you're going to have to move to L.A. And I said, well, it's, I'm, I'm actually from L.A., so that's fine. I'll come and, and see you guys. So, you know, E3 is over with. And uh, I go out to Neversoft to, to interview and visit. And they, it was on a Saturday. And they had some people come in on Saturday. They had some Activision people come in as well. Um, and we just sat around and talked and they asked me a bunch of questions about skateboarding. They showed me their technology, their engine. And, uh, you know, you hear all the stories sometimes if you're a fan, you hear the stories about Bruce Willis, their, their, um, apocalypse game, yep. uh, having Bruce Willis on a skateboard. Well, they had him, uh, strapped to a, a little skateboard. Uh, but this is kind of even before that, that demo thing. So they were still working on apocalypse. And one of their design guys showed me, they were kind of showing me how powerful their tools were. And he, he pulls the ground up, you know, he pulls some verts up in the, in the ground in one of the apocalypse levels. And, um, and he has this little, you know, Bruce is like stiff and he's standing like he's on a skateboard. And then he kind of moves him back and forth. And there's no physics or anything yet, but he can, you know, follow the curves of the mm -hmm. ramp that he just made. And, uh, that was it. And, and I interviewed, I went back to uh, my job at, at Virgin and I was on a casino game. I was on a golden, golden nugget 
N64 game. And the team was only like five people. And I was the lead guy. I was the lead designer. And I sat in a meeting um, getting ready to tell people I wanted to, to quit and go work for Neversoft. And everybody had a bunch of questions for me. Like the team had, it just so happened that day, they all had questions for me. And I was like, man, I, I can't leave. I have to finish this game. There's no way. So I called Joel and I said, hey, you know, I really want to, I'm totally into what you're doing, but I can't leave right now. I have to finish my project, you know, and, and if I'm lucky, I'll, I'll call you when we're done here and see what's up. And, you know, maybe a couple months from now, I can, if you're still looking, you know, keep me in mind. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I can respect that. You don't want to leave and whatever. So anyway, a couple months go by. We're finishing our game, our casino game. And there used to be a website called uh, Daily Radar, I think it was called. And it was just this, um, it was just a bunch of headlines. You know, it was like a very plain thing, headlines. And I scrolled all the way to the bottom one night. I used to read all the headlines. Scroll all the way to the bottom and it, and it says um, Activision uh, is on the verge of signing uh, pro skater Tony Hawk. And I, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do it. Like they're totally doing it. They're going for it and they got it. And I, I, I have to call them back. So uh, I ended up, um, actually it's funny. Um, I, I started getting really frustrated at, at where I was and um, I kind of got my way into getting let go. I had like five years of, of never going on vacation so I had all this severance pay built up and everything else. I got, I got let go on a Thursday and I went home and I, I told my wife, I'm like, babe, I'm, um, I'm out of virgin. Like we're done with that. And she's freaking out. Cause we had a baby at the time too. And, uh, I go, don't worry, I'm going to make a phone call and we'll see what's up. I went in the room, I called Joel and I'm like, Hey Joel, uh, I am available. And I want to, I want to, I saw you guys sign Tony Hawk and I'm, I need to come in and, and be a part of that. And he's like, Oh yeah, man, we still need that skateboarding guy. Like, like, when can you get here? And I was like, well, Monday. And he's like, yeah, it's perfect. And so, <laughs> you know, I got out of Virgin on a Thursday with a, with a severance check. Uh, I had Friday off and then I started at Neversoft on Monday, you know? So what did you do? On, nice. What did you do on that Friday, Chris? That's the, that's the important question we want to know. Took a, took a very deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> did you, know? you go down to, did you go down to Huntington beach or did you go down to Newport beach and chill out? That's, that's, that's minutes from where I was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that, that Monday I drove in and they had, uh, put together, uh, the very, very early goings of the demo. Like they had what they showed to Activision and they had, um, uh, like a downhill, uh, in a, in a, you know, a reservoir, like a water reservoir, a trench, big thing. And they were still kind of modeling it after top skater. Right, yeah. this, which which is a racing game. You jump through rings. Joel wanted to jump through rings. They kind of wanted to emulate all this stuff. And my 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 angle came in like, you know, we should just do open world. Well, at the bottom of this reservoir, you skate down it, um, and it, I don't know, it takes you thirty seconds or whatever to get to the bottom. But was uh, at the bottom of it was a room with a bowl, and the bowl became. Um, you know, that, uh, the warehouse level that, uh, that not the warehouse, the, uh, what is it called? It's park. We just called it park. It was the demo level with the bowl and all the, the oh, yeah. stuff. So it was kind of a, a, an early part of that. And it was just a bowl. I think if I recall, right. And I got into that room and then I just rode around in the bowl for a half hour. And, you know, there was, I think there were, there was one or two tricks that you could do. 
but it just was, it was perfect. Like this is what we want to do. And so we had all these meetings and talked about like, you know, everybody goes down to the bottom of the bowl and just rides around. So that's what the game should be just riding around. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, early on it was, it was a lot of, um, figuring out what the game even was. There was no, there was no rails. Um, you could snap onto a rail with no balance and it would just kind of take you on a line. Okay. Um, and you know, so I brought to the table stuff like, uh, balance, you know, like you need to be able to balance, like we did a meter where you teeter totter back and forth. And if you get to the edge, fall off, you know, cause the whole point of a rail is, is to balance. Um, so, you know, you, and, and we needed more versions of it. Like we need like lip slides and, you know, board slides and, um, grind all these different grind tricks you could do all you can do all these different tricks on these rails and I'm like oh cool you know whatever um so i worked i worked a lot with uh scott pease he was on the activision side um and he eventually joined neversoft actually on that first game um and we we kind of went from there added all these tricks added you know uh lip tricks like uh, inverts and stuff like that on, on different obstacles and then once we had most of the game kind of ironed out um Mick, the the one of the owners, the programmer there, um, the main programmer there, uh, would would go off and work on what we had talked about, you know, for balancing and stuff. And then the rest of us, like there were myself and two other designers, um, who then moved into like uh, making the levels, you know, like modeling out the levels and doing all that stuff. One guy worked on uh, a couple the downhill stuff, uh, downhill jam and the mall. Yeah, and he did that. He did that original school level. Uh, Jason, other guy did, um, the downtown level, the, uh, the skate park level. And then I did, uh, the first one I did was San Francisco. Um, it was the streets. streets one. Yep. Yeah. Streets. It's the first one I did. And, and then I did the Roswell, the secret, oh, yeah. uh, secret level. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was all kind of a big learning experience you know like i i shifted from doing the game design stuff to the level stuff um and then you know part when we did the second one it was kind of more of the same like scott and i sat down and went through a bunch of different things and then um i think i did more levels for that one i did venice i did school two i did um marseille um and then, uh, like, I worked out a bunch of the scripts for, like, contests and stuff so that all the contests felt the same. And oh, that you that guy. I went, I need to, I got a bone to pick with you as well. <laughs> There's a couple of runs I've had, and I'm like, yo, that's 99. That's, that, that's 99 right there. <laughs> yeah. Man, like, you know, the so the downhill and the, and the mall one from the first one, was that kind of like uh -huh. to say, hey, this is what it feels like the – because that was, you know, that's from point A to point B, and then it's finished, right? So, yeah. it's, was that like kind of like you, you guys kind of testing out? Hey, this is what that, this is what it likes. Your original idea was the race type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, downhill was done by a guy named Aaron Camerata, um, and uh, Tony actually really liked those levels like wow. that was one of his favorite things was like you know hey we can i, I really want to keep doing these so uh aaron did that that mall and the downhill jam and i remember uh, at one point um in the in the making of the physics for the game 
um, there was a, there's a jump in downhill where um, you come off of like a bump, you, you clear some air down a hill, and then there's like a, a hole in the ground, like, and you, you hit a ramp underneath it, and then you kind of come rocketing yep. out of it. Um, and at one point in the physics, um, there, was a, there was a little bit of variance in there, and you could hit the ramp just right and just launch perfectly onto i don't remember what it was that we were hitting on the end you could you could get yourself up and onto like the cliff side wow. you know and it was really cool it was really so we just sat there doing that and that was like the most fun part of that level um but uh you know th those levels um the problem with those is th the other levels you could run around for two minutes and those levels uh i think it, you could get down to the bottom in half that time you know yeah. like you could get there in, in i think 30 seconds probably um and but with the the way memory works on the PlayStation, uh, there's just as much um, you know geometry and everything involved in making a level that only lasts thirty seconds as there is in spreading it out flat and letting you explore all over the place. Oh yeah. So we all kind of decided like, well, we can't just do a bunch of these. Like we have to do these these open world ones. Um, and then Jason was working on his his downtown one, and that was a lot of fun. That was the first time that that I played something where he had done like a a little secret area. Um, I remember you could you could jump through a window and kind of go up to the roof and then jump across the roof on one of those spots. Um, and I thought that was really cool. I was really into like Easter. Oh, that was another thing like the, um, the special moves and stuff. Yeah, because it was uh, like Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah. So that and that was the thing. I was a huge Mortal Kombat fan, and they had started talking about um, signature moves. Uh, and I, I think it started with Bob Bernquist. Um, he had done uh, the one-footed Smith grind. Yeah, I remember that. In, real, in real life. Yeah. And, uh, and he did it. And I, if I recall correctly, I think it was a mistake. Like, I think he, he had kind oh, of yes. slipped. And, uh, and his foot came off, but he, he kind of pulled it back in and he did it. And it yeah. was like, oh, my. And started doing it kind of on purpose. Wasn't that the X Games uh, before the, the 900? Um, I remember I mean, there's footage. Well, there's footage of him doing that before this, oh, okay. before all that, like a home video type of footage, old footage of him doing it on a ramp. And so they said, like, you know, we need like a signature trick for all these guys, but they weren't all really known for a, a signature, right? Um, so we made we, you know, some of them we made stuff up. Um, all all of that stuff now are real tricks. Like at the time, wow. Uh, we gave Jamie, I remember, Jamie was one of the skaters who was the most involved. He was in the office quite a bit because he had hurt himself. He blew up his knee or whatever it was. So Jamie so Thomas, you mean? Yeah, Jamie Thomas. And he would come down and go over a whole bunch of stuff with us all the time. And the, the signature move that we gave him was a 540 flip. Yep. Uh, and, and people can do that. I mean, it's nothing now. Like yeah. People are doing it all the time. And I remember we used to sit out in front um, of the, the building and he would be practicing those, like trying to get them to happen for real, because he knew that when he went to a skate park or something, some kid was going to ask him to do it. And if he couldn't do it, then, you know, you know, oh, it's all fake video games or whatever. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, he's he's so dead. He's like, I don't ever want a kid to ask me this and not be able to do it. And he's he's just he was so into it. Um, Muska had done that deal uh, in one of his videos, um, the shorties video, where he had the boombox on his shoulder when he did the. The handrail um so we did that we put that in there but then the thing was uh they just wanted that to happen um when you jumped on the rail they wanted that to be like what your skater did 
and then so when we came in or when i came in it was you know like we need more tricks and stuff and and the special moves should be like hidden mm. combos you know uh, like mortal Kombat, like fatalities and you know you hide it and then you tease all the video game magazines i mean this is uh, the, the world is a different place when we made that game you know oh, there's still magazines with giving away secrets and you, you couldn't just, you know, jump on and, and rip everything out of the code right away and immediately release it on the internet. So there's no surprises. Like yeah. back when there, there was still kind of that, that magic, you know, that could be found. Yeah. So, you know, and, and Activision went, went full on with it. Uh, we had all these stickers that they were giving away for all the different skaters. And on the back of it, you had uh, the little move combo to get their, to get their move done. Um, and, and yeah, like all that stuff happened. Um, Tony, Tony did, God, we were, the game was pretty much done, done, done. And Tony did, uh, that 900 at the X games and it set the world on fire. And so we got a call immediately. Like, I think that night, um, Hey man, Tony just did the 900. Can you guys put that in the game? And, Oh, here's a funny story. So, uh, the one guy, we had one animator on, on that early version. Um, and he was like, yeah, I can, I think I can do it. And, and so he, he actually ended up animating that 900, it crammed it in and we got it like right before, I think it was a day or two before we were submitting to Sony, you know, for the final stages. When you're done with a game, it still takes like two months for it to go through Sony and get tested and, and get manufactured and whatever, like the, the two, two plus at least. Um, but, uh, I remember, um, that animator did all of the animations in, excuse me, in the game. And I remember there was a big deal. There's footage all over the place of Tony in the motion capture suit, um, you know, doing like, Oh, we use this latest motion capture and everything else. That was all fake. That was all completely fake. Oh, uh, we, we did that whole big, it was at skate street, uh, which was a skate park down near the office. Um, I think ESPN came out to like do a little feature on it and it was going to be like, Oh, all of the, the latest moves in skateboarding and whatever. And here's Tony Hawk, you know, in a motion capture suit and Tony's in the suit. And every time he, he does a trick, like some of the balls fall off of his suit or then he'll knee slide out of something if he doesn't pull it. And he's, he's all panicking because he thinks, he, you know, he's crushing all these balls and whatever. Um, and all of that stuff ended up just being kind of a, a publicity thing. You know, yeah. that, that, that whole first game was animated by hand, like by one guy. Man, that's crazy. And you only had like yeah. two days, right? Like for that move. Yeah. For that 900, he had, he, I think he, he got it in there. Oh, that's... I think it was a couple of days later and he's like, here it is. And it looked awesome. It, it looked just like it. You know, it was, it was super cool. Uh, so that, that was, was, yeah, that was probably sure. because the warehouse, man, that's, <laughs> yo, that is the jam. Like that is legit. The jam. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, that was um God, that's that's the stuff I'm looking at in the new in the new one and two. Like that was the first footage they put out with a uh, the high res versions of all that new stuff. Um and that was crazy. Yeah. I think um cuz that, that was, was the first level. That was the first level that a bunch of us at the office started having competitions in. Yo. Uh boring competitions because you could come off of that um you can come over the pipe yeah. and get massive combos. That's, that's uh, my go-to. Yeah. If it's and my so go-to. That, yeah, for sure. So, um, 
Yeah, that was uh, that one was done. I think that was a Jason Wade level guy who did downtown. I think he did that one too. Um, but that was the first one where we really started getting competitive. Um, myself and and uh, that animator, we were probably the best ones in the office in terms of like high scores and stuff. Um, I had developed the the claw. Like I held the the PlayStation controller um, with my finger hooked on the the triangle button. And you just you just never ever let go of the triangle button, and so you could just snap all over the place and and do all the tricks you needed, but you never let go of the triangle. Oh, look at that! The inside, the inside, <laughs> yeah, inside, yeah, yeah. For about five minutes until you know uh, a million kids got a hold of the game and just blew us out of the water. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> we demo. Well, that was the first. That was the first thing for me because it was on the demo. Yeah, yeah. So there were those. There were two over here. There were two demos there was the uh one came out on a uh pizza pizza hut demo disc which was a uh you know it's a takeout pizza place here and and at the time you could you could sit in them um and then the other one was the playstation uh jam pack and that was the one um that was the one we got yeah the jam pack so you got the one with the warehouse yeah and then the pizza hut the pizza hut demo was um uh, what was the name of it? It was the one with the pool, the other, the other uh, indoor skate park level, um, and that was the level on on that very very first one. That was the one that that got Sony all excited when they saw that. They played yeah. it and they, we want to totally support this and do all oh, that stuff. That's cool, man. That's the that's because like yeah, that was my first. Like I remember going, we had like in a, a department store, and um, I remember going in and seeing that, just that demo. And it mm-hmm. came out on a, a PlayStation magazine for us. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's how it was here too. So um, we, we would get that, and that had uh, it had a couple games with it as well. But uh, yeah, did yeah, that yeah. have like Crash Bandicoot or something on it also, or like yep. Final Fantasy? I remember there were um, there were demos, or, or one of those demos had Crash Bandicoot. One of them had Final Fantasy, I think. And we were getting news from people, and all these emails, and and you know all this talk that people would play this disc and our game was the best thing on like the thing that they were playing the most. And that was kind of the, that was one of the first times that we realized like, Oh man, you know, we knew it was really fun. We, we, we could tell it was really fun, but we didn't expect it to be, you know, a hit or anything to that extent. But yeah. then when people are telling you like, Oh, this new game from Sony, like crash bandicoot or whatever, or, um, this final fantasy demo is on and final fantasy is one of the biggest franchises of all time. And, and people are only talking about the Tony Hawk demo yeah. and you're, wow, that's, that's something that's pretty cool. I think it that was, was, I think it was around just the, the pickup and playability of it. You know? You, yeah. Yeah. See with the final fantasy, cause I do remember that now that you'd, you'd play the first little bit in Midgar on, on final fantasy. And then that would be it. And that was cool. Cause you were like, Oh, I like the way that the combat happens, but like, yeah. I would always go back to, yo, that was me. Like, I was like, that's cool. I'll play that once. But over here, I could play it over and over. And then my mate was playing it. And we would, like, talk around, how much did you get? Do you know that you could jump over? Do you know that this is happening? Yeah, that that was was a a key thing. That was a key thing. When we were talking about, um, you know, those real early tests where you, you know, went down a trench, but then you got into the building with the pool in it, and everybody spent their time in there. That was the first time that I had, uh, it, it really occurred to me, like, as a designer, that the goal was really for, for you to put 10 people in the same room 
and and watch them all play 10 different ways mm. you know and all of them had a lot of fun and if you can just do that over and over and it's never the same thing twice or even to the point where you know you you start trying to realize like ooh i think if i go fast enough i can just catch that ledge and then i can keep going um that's the type of stuff that really had us start to think like oh this is this is really fun it, it's it's almost like a platformer um but then it has all you know it's got tricks and you can you can change like just jumping from one platform to the next isn't the only thing to do you know it's like you have 10 different ways to do the jump and they all look neat and whatever um but yeah that was that was one of those moments where we figured out like this is pretty cool because i think like tony hawk one because the first mm-hmm. like it was I I I think like without the manuals, it made you have to be very very creative on how you do things. Like don't, yeah. just, don't get me wrong, the, the manuals was the cherry on top of the ice cream Sunday. Yeah. It was the it was the shit. But yeah, for sure. But like you know, you had to kind of like position how you come off that first ramp on the on the warehouse so you can catch that rail on the other side, and then you know like and, and it, it was very like. Even though it restricted you, it still made you go, okay, I kind of have to be like, I have to be a little bit strategic on things. Whereas the uh, level of, uh, the level of, you you can make a mistake and go straight into a manual and then you could kind of save yourself. You couldn't do that on the first one. That's what I liked about it more than anything. Yeah, it it had that, um, that was kind of one of those aspects where, um, you know, we had kept those levels looking like, somewhat like real life locations right Mm. and uh but they were they were just uh tweaked enough where you were looking at them in different ways like how can i get up there how can i get over there how can i keep this going what two things are close enough for me to hit them both you know that kind of stuff and that actually ended up you know after we were on these games for quite a while ever and I, i think people that were playing them obsessively too everywhere you go you would just start seeing the world as like Tony Hawk levels, you know, like, Oh, look at this planter over here with a, with a slope on it. You know, it has a transition and I could, I could get up to this and whatever. And so every, I mean, we'd go everywhere and, and like start seeing the world as a Tony Hawk level. And that's when you kind of, you know, too, like, man, I need to take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> like I need to, I need to back off. Man. I was, um, I, I went, I, I've traveled the, the States quite a lot. Um, with basketball, and we stayed in um, Carlsbad. And oh, okay, yeah. for me, being a Tony Hawk guy, I was like, man, this is where the, yep. this is the gap is, this is all this, and I was telling my mates, yep. they're like, bro, shut up. And then we, pl- then we, because then we stayed in, in uh, Encinitas, and then I was mm-hmm. like, yo, this is where Tony Hawk lives, man. I hope I might see him yep. out, out doing his stuff. But I didn't. I didn't at uh, all. But, um, yeah, yeah. The big skate parks that are out there, too. Yeah, and we uh, and then we stayed, and then we stayed in Costa Mesa, which is right. We stayed right across from the Vans um place with you know the factory that they have. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, man, that's where because I, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's where they have that skate bowl inside of it and shit. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so- yeah, a lot of that stuff was was out here. Um, we had Vans, the big Vans skate park that popped up down the street that we ended up putting in uh, Wasteland. I think was the one, or no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Wasteland, that one. Um, that that skate park was down the street from here. All the spots that I put in school too were were a bunch of mostly a bunch of schools around here. Some stuff up in San Francisco, but like 
uh, a lot of stuff from videos and things like that. Carlsbad obviously was, was down the way. Um, but yeah, all, all of that stuff was inspired by places around here, you know, downtown LA, all kinds of stuff. Like a lot of people would, um, you know, it's almost like you go and you, when you, even us, like even some of the stuff that we built, uh, we, we had to reference from videos and stuff cause we didn't know exactly where they were. You know, if we couldn't get one of the skaters to come in and kind of point to some stuff on a map that we could go take a bunch of pictures of for reference, you know, we had to do it from videos like, uh, that, that streets level, that first San Francisco, I did, um, that whole EMB area at the bottom yep. was this massive plaza up in San Francisco. And, um, you know, at, at the time we had no budget. They weren't going to send us up there. It wasn't a, a, a thing yet. So uh, I had to buy a bunch of videos to because Tony wanted it, actually. He was like, you know, you should really do Embarcadero. This this EMB spot is like where all these street kids are going and whatever. Um, and so I just started looking at every photo and video and angle that I could find to make sure, like, you know, that we got the Gons Gap in the right spot, this crazy fountain. Like if I actually built that fountain accurately, it would be the only thing that fit in memory. So <laughs> I had to have a whole city. So I had to totally simplify that. And that that's kind of uh, where I got the cons. Like this needs to be at least fun because it just looks goofy and it's and you can't do anything on it. So I put the ramp in the back and that led to the whole, you know, uh, second story stuff. And then you crash through the pagoda and all that. Um so yeah, all that stuff just kind of you're looking at it, trying to figure out ways that that you know in your imagination that would be fun to go, and they're all from places that were around. So for, you know, like your time doing the Tony Hawk series, did you ever like was there? I'll tell you, when I played Assassin's Creed for the first time, I would look mm -hmm. at buildings and I'd be like, "Yo, I could climb that." Yo, the bro could <laughs> climb this. He would have gone up there and jumped off here into the. But were you like that, like? Thinking of man, that would be cool to run for a lot. Oh, I would have been like that, man. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Huh. Uh, every everything we looked at, you know, would give you ideas. Like you would, you would just go and see. Um, you could just go see interesting patterns of stairs and be inspired. You know, like oh, the way that those stairs go to this flat deck, and then these rounded ones come off the bottom. Like that's that's two gaps if you do them both, or if I put something back here to give you speed, then you could clear the whole thing in one big gap and, you know, get, get double points for the, for the whole thing. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff actually like leads directly to features in the game, like, uh, uh, part two, um, you know, manuals were obviously the big thing that everybody gravitates towards. That was the big move. But one of the other ones that was really fun, um, was the uh we changed the gaps we changed the scripting in the gaps so that we could do multiples um and and i did the first thing i did was on part two was marseille the skate park and the france one yep. and there's a gap in there i think called up up and away yep. I, it's like this little skinny spot it's a hard one. and and depending on how fast you could go you could get um you had to get the up, three up, up and away yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, See, I just and, showed, yeah. I just, I just flexed on you right there. Yeah. I know, I know, I, I, hey, this is, this is, this is for me, this is Christmas. Yeah. All of your stories that you're hitting me with, I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm quiet at the moment, but my head is like, holy fuck, I'm talking to the bro that just fucking designed that <laughs> shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool. That was like, um, those were the, the early, um, 
you know, the, the other little minor changes that we made, but the, those, we used those all over the place. So then you could do a single stair gap or you could, you know, go from a different spot and get a, a whole other gap. It was yeah. pretty cool. But I like, um, so like in terms of, uh, so the cast and, and the characters, was there, uh, like, was, who was in charge? Was Tony the guy that was like, yo, you need to get this guy, this guy, this guy, or this chick? That, that yeah. started with Tony. So, so Activision signed Tony, um, which was, realistically, there, there wasn't another name you could have signed. Tony was and is, you know, he's the face of skateboarding for pop culture, right? Even, even prior to, you know, he's most famous for the video game now. But even as I, when I was a kid as a skater in like the mid eighties, um, he was number one, you know, there were a couple other names, uh, that, you know, both kind of fell off for different reasons. Um, one of them was Gator you know, he murdered somebody and went to jail and that was obviously bad. Uh, the other was Hasoy and Hasoy, uh, you know, him and Tony would go back and forth at these contests and had this kind of you know, like uh, amongst their, their fans, like Hasoy was kind of the, the punk rock side of things. And oh. Tony was kind of the, the formal side of things, you know, the, the surfy California kid side. And so you were like, you know, camp Hasoy or camp Tony, but, but Tony was the name. And uh, so, you know, everything started with him. They signed him. Um, he had suggested God, I want to say he 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 brought in all those guys. He brought in Bucky, obviously, because it was on his team. He brought in Andrew Reynolds because he was on his team, and and those guys were um, like at the top of their game. Bucky was getting as technical as Tony, um, and he was and he was doing it in a in a different way. Andrew was like um, one of the best street skating names at the time, but you know, as, as far as uh, common household names you know nobody knew who they were yet but skaters did and that was tony's goal really was just tony wanted to make a game that would make skateboarders happy um and you know and and the developers that we uh kind of went both directions like for myself i definitely agree with tony's approach i want this to be you know make skateboarders happy i don't want it to be a goofy like you know some of the old stuff that was made um i want skaters to take it seriously and and know that people who knew what skateboarding was made it. Um, but also, I want to make a, a fun video game that like everybody can just have fun with, you know. And um, once we started playing and, and and having a lot of fun with it, you could tell um, that it would be that way. So, you know, it ended up being that that perfect blend of uh, like like people who didn't don't care about sports. You know, there's, there's a whole big contingent of people. They don't, they don't really care about sports, but this was outside of that. So it was kind of like a sports game that they would consider playing because it was a platformer and whatever else. Yeah. It had all these fun secret mechanics and, and game junkies would just play it. Cause it's, you know, they would give it a shot and it turned out to be fun and fast. And then skaters, we actually had a bunch of skaters buy playstations to play the game because it was the first thing in a long time that was true to some extent, you know, it was an arcade game, but, uh, true to, to skateboarding. Like it was a love letter to skateboarding for sure. It was, yeah, it was. But Tony Hawk two, if we could just, mm -hmm. um, stay on that for us, like we'll, we'll just yeah. kind of focus on that because the manuals yeah. came out when we had a little chat about that, but also yeah. like switch and nollies came in there. Yep. Uh, you had the double tap tricks like left, left, right, right. And, and stuff like that, which were yeah. quite cool. Uh, was there anything else that you guys wanted to get in, but you had to wait till three? <laughs> there was, uh, uh, I, so I built uh, School 2, 
the and one of the first things I built in that level was that leap of faith section. Um, Jamie Thomas had done it in real life. Yep. And uh, we had manuals working. We actually were talking about manuals at the end of the first game. Um, Scott Pease and I were watching videos of like day one song would do all these manual tricks. Uh, and um, we had talked about like, you know, that would be a perfect way to kind of connect stuff and whatever. And and then when two came around, it was just a, a matter of like figuring out how we wanted to make it work. Like, um, down, up, up, down, nice and easy. And it just kind of worked out really well. Um, but then, uh, so I built that, I built school two in that leap of faith area out in front. And I wanted this mechanic where, um, you had to like hit the button when you hit the ground so that you would almost compress. Otherwise you just splatter, you know? Okay. Uh, um, and so it was like this, it was like the hard landing, you know, or whatever that you had to like time a button press. And it, it, it didn't come out great. And I, that might be one of the only places that, that I used it. I think it was distance-based. If you had a certain distance, it would trigger, you know, like if you tried to jump off a roof or something. But if you were too high, you just wouldn't pull it. Um, but it almost became like, that was one of those things where you do it and then you realize it's kind of too hard. It like interrupts everybody's flow. Um, we introduce, what else did we introduce for two? The money uh yeah. the picking up money and using that because we had the stat points in the first yeah. one um, yeah, the pocket of it as well the oh yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah that was that was a big deal that was done by one guy um wow. program guy named ryan mcmahon uh was a junior programmer who was like neversoft i think was his first job came in and described what we wanted um and that was a that was a crazy thing that was like working with memory and everything else to make sure that because every park that you actually build, every piece that you build technically stays in the game, right? Like when we build a level, um, all of the stuff that you're looking at is like, um, uh, it's a shell, right? It's just a painted shell. There's nothing underneath it. There's nothing behind it. If I have a, you know, like, like in Venice, for example, those tables, yeah. all the angles on them. If you were to lift that table up, there's, there's nothing behind it. There's a hole in the ground. It's just an empty shell. Um, and, but the skate park, uh, we had all these memory constraints, um, because every time you built something like, you know, you'd have a piece of a block of cement or whatever with a, a ramp on it or a little piece of a rail and you could, you know, stack them up and dig holes in the ground or whatever. It was kind of like Minecraft, like up and down type yeah. stuff. Um, every single one of those was from all sides because it was a whole piece. So if I stacked all these things on top of each other they all had the backs, the bottoms, the sides, the whole nine yards. And so you, you would have, uh, you would build this park that, that didn't feel very big, but it ate up all the memory. Um, and so he, you know, he had to work out all those kind of problems and the connectivity, the way that, that our tools worked for rails. Um, you know, we had these, uh, these splines, we would, we'd have these points in space where if we had a rail that was curved or long or had a kink in it or something, we'd have a point at all of the individual um, bends, you know, like if you have a kink rail like this and you're going to come down and then go straight, we had a, uh, like an anchor point here that told you uh, what am I connected to? Then there's an anchor point in the middle so that that knew there was a, a line here and that line in, in the game code is your rail. So you'd lock on to that line and not go anywhere. Uh, and then uh, another anchor point at the end here. So this one little thing has these three anchor points. Well, the, the skate park editor, every little piece 
had its own set of anchor points. So anytime you put them together, it had to be smart enough to get rid of this extra one and merge these together. It was, it was really complex, man. It was, uh, that was a massive undertaking and it turned out so good. Like it was really cool. I used to, um, try to design, I would design some stuff and then do it two player with my mate and we'd do like little tag team. Like you go, uh, you go low, I'll go high. And I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, man, it was the best. We would just design everything. (laughs) Bro, Super cool. How was it getting Spider-Man in there, bro? That was cool. So uh, Neversoft also did the Spider-Man game, and that was part of uh, how that all happened. So uh, when I got to uh, Neversoft early on, um, the uh, was it the Apocalypse guys still kind of wrapping that stuff up, and the the Hawk game was kind of the new little thing that we were doing. Um, but then Activision was really happy with everything that was going on. So we got the Spider-Man game for, for PlayStation 1. So we had two small teams working. Uh, the first Tony Hawk game, I think, was... Uh, like, if you include Joel, because you know, he, was, he was really heavily involved. I think it was like maybe 10 or 12 people that did the Tony Hawk, uh, the first one. Yep. Uh, and the Spider-Man game was spinning up over here. And so the studio then, after when 2 came around, you know, we were obviously heavily involved, and the Spider-Man game was a hit, and so they they basically kept that, um, you know, Marvel license open, and brought Spidey, and we were like, we can totally do tricks with this, we can keep him away from his board, we can do all this stuff. <laughs> so then, to 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 go even further, um, the first game had two secret characters, uh, had Officer Dick, and um, that that animator who did the nine hundred really quickly for us so that was like zero hour right uh right before we had finished in the same meeting uh joel goes hey man we got another surprise and he he shows this uh that animator shows us this this full separate character that he worked on that nobody knew about nobody on the entire team um and so we were like (laughs) she's got you know her own moves and on a model and the whole nine yards um, it, but they didn't have like endings, right? Like you would beat the game with a, a pro and you get a video and whatever. Yeah. Um, the next time around, like the secret characters were like full on secret characters. And with Spider-Man in particular, they went full blown. So Tony, uh, I forget who it was. Um, there was a guy who was like the official live Spider-Man for Marvel, right? Like if Marvel did a comic book event um you know and stan lee was going to be there and whatever uh and if spider-man was there in person it was this person's spider-man and he had this official suit this you know the time was like expensive and it was it was one of a kind um and uh they decide hey we're gonna we want to get tony to wear that suit um and do tricks and so spidey can have an end video and so Tony got in it and also the, there's street skating in there too with Spidey and that's Chris Markovich. He's another pro skater yep. who was a friend of Tony's. Well, they would put the suit on and they couldn't, they couldn't see out of it, which is dangerous. Yeah. Um, it was, it wasn't really made for doing that kind of stuff. You know, it was really whatever. So they, they not even not realizing how unique or, or specific this suit was, they cut the eyes, they cut wow. the eyes out of the, so that they could see and they basically like wrecked the suit oh shit! Uh, you know tony was always worried and and you'll see um 
in those videos, I think Markovich is wearing knee pads and he, he never wore pads, but they, you know, they had told him like, you can't wreck the suit. You can't do anything with the suit. So they wear pads and everything to make sure they don't grind it up. But then, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't see. So they cut holes out. Wow. Um, and I remember that was a big deal. Everybody was like, Oh my God, you cut the suit apart. Um, but it was cool that that it turned out awesome. You know, you had Spidey as a secret character. You would beat the game with him. You got his own custom video. We got, uh, we yeah, got it up yeah. now. There we go. Now watch if you sh if you go to the close up. So this is Tony. This yeah. is all Tony. Um, I mean, you can see the difference between the two. I think Tony's a foot taller than Chris Markovich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if he gets close, eventually you'll see that's Tony. That's that's Tony. Yeah. And there, yeah, there he is on the. He was worried about that putting the hands down he kept putting his hands down and he was like oh man i feel like i'm gonna shred shred <laughs> the hands in the suit when they show his face this is markovich right here it's <laughs> yeah totally forgot about the saying so you reminded me of this but he put yeah, the head yeah. on yeah um so when you when you see him uh, if you could ever i think they talked to him at you the can, end and he, oh you can see kind of the yeah. eyes cut out right there you see the eyes <laughs> cut out right there there he goes <laughs> It cut him right out of the middle. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that suit had like full on, you know, Spider-Man eyes. They were white. And you, the, the guy would uh, have a handler or whatever. But they weren't, it wasn't made for you to, there yeah, you look at that. It just gashed him right out. <laughs> <laughs> how cool oh. is that? Like, this is, this is the guy whose name is on the cover of your now super mega hit video game. And he's going above and beyond to do stuff like that. Right. Oh. And that was awesome. Super, <laughs> super cool. rad. Yeah, uh, and like for us in New Zealand, like we we got the Marseille. There was a there's a a, 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 a cereal in New Zealand called Nutrigrain. Yeah, and it was there. Like you buy the yeah, Nutrigrain that was the demo. Yeah, you get the demo, and whoo, I would yo, and I found out, and and also, you guys ran a competition. Yeah, up in San like Francisco. A, yeah, no, like an online one. You remember you put the code in. Yep. Yeah, we couldn't do that in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. it didn't count, and, uh, so I tried multiple times. So we put, um, uh, I, I did that Marseille level, uh, and that was I the first that, thing I did. Um, thank you. Uh, that's, that's super rad. Um, we did that and did the demo, and uh, I think in that version, in the demo version, I didn't have the secret area yet. Like, um, there was no, you couldn't knock down the wall and go to that little side spot yeah um and uh yeah you could do that code right and you could submit your score or whatever to this bigger competition off on the game and then that all culminated in this big party in san francisco so we went up to san francisco um had this contest where the i think it was like the 10 top scores were uh competitors in this in this contest all these random celebrities were there uh, like some 41 the band um, they played they weren't uh, they weren't a name yet they just kind of you know Activision brought them in and they were going to be new and whatever so that was that was their kind of big big break or one of them yeah. and all these guys were playing and like blowing scores out of the water and I remember I think between the demo and the the regular game which is the version that they they got to play because they got a sneak peek at other levels and stuff too while they were there um I changed the way that up, up and away gap worked because there was like an exploit in the demo where you could get a, a an extra bunch of multipliers if you hit it a certain way. Oh, uh, and uh, uh, I remember one of the contesting guys came up and he was p 
pissed because that was part of how he got such a high score was this oh. exploit. And it was, and it changed. And so this guy who was like one of the top scores, one number one or two, um, he, he tanked it because he, you know, he had to try to figure out totally different ways. Yeah. Um, that was, that was really cool. Do you, do you, uh, you guys are familiar with, um, like pro wrestlers and stuff? Yeah. Uh, so Randy, a, the Macho Man. Yeah. Macho Randy Man. The Macho, yeah. So he showed up at that party for some reason. What? Uh, yeah, so I'm sitting there uh, talking to Tony and some Activision people or whatever, and uh, this whole thing—it's on—it's in—we're in a little club, and the whole thing was that we, the next day was the X Games, so it was all this big event, uh, and and yeah, Randy Macho Man Savage comes Man, walking over. I do I do a pretty decent Macho Man impression. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> oh yeah, yo yeah, the cream rises to the top. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. brother! Yeah, Apparently, know. he was like that in real life, though. It wasn't a f like he wasn't turned up. That's yeah. his voice. Yeah. So he walks up, and and he's I don't know he's he's a head shorter than me, um, and it's really it's bizarre. These people are larger than life on TV. But then uh, he comes up and he goes to shake my hand, and I I see the his bicep, it, his bicep is bigger than my head. Wow! It's ma massive. The guy's huge. And he just looks at me and he goes, hey, man, you got a really great game here. It looks really fun. And I was like, thank you, Macho Man. Like, I'm a big fan. We could just <laughs> wrap this interview up right now, bro. Yeah. And then he just walks away. That's <laughs> what he's going to do. He used to do his handshakes with the with Hulk Hogan with the beast. You know, he used to hold yeah. it up. And then he'd be like, yeah. yo, brother. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Can I get in? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it towards you, man. Ready? Here we go. Yo. No, no, no. You're the other way. You got to spin it around. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Um, Give me. Yeah, yeah, brother. <laughs> that's the best, man. <laughs> oh, man. He is. Wow. That's, that, that story tops everything. I don't think you can yeah, top that it was story. Pretty, it was super random. We had a lot of random stuff like that happen. We had uh, all kinds of people would show up after a while. Wow. Um, parties and and everything else it was it was cool like it when it got popular all of a sudden you know everybody wanted to be involved in, you know all this crazy stuff well yeah i mean well you only had like 12 staff right like to, for tony hawk one yeah so the the first one was like yeah like 12 people maybe the second one we picked up two more people i think so that was like 14 people and then the third one we merged together the spider-man team and the tony hawk team so i think the third one had like 30 some odd people on it and then the, the we just kept getting bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger yeah. by the time we we're on thug we used to have these um meetings in the office whenever anybody had a birthday um we'd all go out to the conference table and have this ice cream cake right and we'd all sing uh scream it was like just it was like a bunch of uh uh dying birds you know screaming this horrible version of happy birthday at each other um and as the as the company got bigger and bigger and bigger that was one of the things that we all kind of noticed like man we have birthday every day like an ice cream cake like every day i'm gaining like 40 pounds <laughs> working on this game eating all this ice cream um but yeah like by the time uh thug came around there were 80 i don't know 70 some odd people like the whole company was dedicated to it um and the, and we had grown really big um but yeah you know like that first game there were there were three 
like myself and, and Scott Pease, for the most part, did a bunch of the game design, like the actual what's what and how does this work and how does that work, um, on top of what the team had already kind of built. And then uh, there were three of us that made levels. And by the time like those thug games or games came around, I think there were God, probably just 12, 10 designers, like almost the size of the original whole team just making different levels you know by the time this came around you only made one or two levels per game um i still made a whole bunch for those i don't do you reckon do you reckon that's what i mean you know three was good don't get like i like three three was great um but then it started getting a bit i don't know like too many shifts in the kitchen do you reckon yeah so we kind of shifted direction when we merged the teams for three um they kind of wanted to move in new directions so the the head guy from the Spider-Man game was was like the de facto kind of lead. We didn't really have a lead designer, but okay. he, he kind of helmed the effort. Um, and uh, that that was the one where we got we started getting more more surreal, right? We're jumping on more power lines and and we're going a lot faster. It, it, it sped up um, from from three. Uh, what what levels did I make on three? Is a foundry that was in three, right? Yeah, I liked foundry. Yeah, I did that one. Um, and Chad did like L.A. and stuff. And I remember um, that was the first time where where you would jump down like ten stairs, um, and it didn't feel as big anymore because you're going so fast. You know, like you're yeah. starting going really fast. Um, and that, actually, that was the the first one that was online. Um, and that was my, uh, yeah. that casino game that I worked on way back at Virgin, one of my teammates, a guy named Steve Ganim, um, I poached him and brought him over and he did all of the, the new tools, needed all the online stuff. Um, we actually, we actually eventually, uh, left and started our own company, uh, later, um, kept working on Tony Hawk games. Um, but, uh, that was the first time I, I remember, um, when we moved on to four, it was kind of the same thing, but it was, it was even, it even felt a little faster. And I, I think four was the one I did, um, a prototype of a San Francisco downhill level. Yeah. Um, like you would go down the main drag, um, and it was kind of, it was like, they, they wanted to see if we could bring back some of that downhill jam type of stuff. Okay. And so with more memory and we could make the level longer so it would last longer and whatever. So I did this prototype and you could go down the middle, which was kind of the main San Francisco street. You could bank to, you could cut off to the right and go down like this Chinatown street and, you know, grind on all these balconies and stuff as you're going down. Yeah. Or you could go left and go down um, like all these, uh, the, the houses, like the, the little row houses that are in, famous from san francisco off the bay and stuff you would get to the bottom and um skate around uh like the the wharf area uh which but it was kind of small little trolley car was down there that would spin around do whatever but i built all this stuff and we we kept getting to the bottom of it in 30 seconds and i'm like man it's 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 never going to take two minutes I, the side streets that I had built were a way to try to get you to go back and forth without going straight down. Uh, yep. So you take your time. Um, 
Yeah, so that your time would get chewed up a little bit, but it just never worked out. And so we scrapped that whole that whole thing. Uh God, I wish there was Yeah. I've seen footage of other of other um demo levels that I built. Like there was an Australia level that I started building uh that we scrapped and then I built the other Australia level for Thug uh instead. But the the first one was like the opera house area. Oh yep. Um and we scrapped that. That showed up on the internet. I actually found a, wow. a guy on a, a YouTube channel I watch uh, was playing that. And I was like, hey, I made this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was just those games, you know, to get back to your point, those games are, are the ones where it started going faster. It started being a little crazier. Um, I still really liked them. Uh, the, I, I actually really liked four because of the direction change where you could start talking to people and, mm. and there was a little more exploration, you know, some people were bummed out about that. They really wanted the, the classic, like two minute, just go. Yeah. And we kind of, we kind of broke that up there. But I mean, you kind of um, had to, right? You had to evolve because at that time. Yeah. 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 You got to do something. And, and Stay I was always trying to, um, like from the get go, like all those, I would get in trouble with Joel all the time because I always wanted to build these levels that were just the size of an entire city, you know, like um, San Francisco, the very first game, the very first thing I ever built (laughs) um, was bigger than what, what you got. I had to cut out a whole section because the artist I was working with, when I gave him the level, he freaked out. He's like, there's no more room in memory for me to make textures and to, to paint all this stuff. Like it's, it's too big. There's too much stuff. The, uh, the, you, you start at that spot at the top of, you know, Lombard street uh, where you come around the corner and jump the big hill. Uh, there used to be a connector behind you. So if you turned around and went backwards, you would go, you would come out of the back of Chinatown. Oh, wow. So like that whole level, it had like a whole back area that connected like another street up at the top that, that connected the two. And every time I would do that, like I'd get in trouble with Joel. He's like, you know, you're freaking out the artists. They always have to, you know, get you to cut your stuff in half or whatever. Venice. I did the same thing in Venice. Um, there I was love a Venice. Whole, Venice is probably yeah. like, Venice after the warehouse is my favorite. Oh, my. Yeah. I guess the uh, warehouse. Then there that. was a whole parking lot in the back. There wow. was, um, yeah, a parking lot with like a skate park and everything out the back of it. Uh, and, um, all, all of those, every single thing I did was twice, was twice as, but the school, there was a whole back area to the school that, that was the same, like very much like San Francisco school too. You start off kind of facing that leap of faith section. And yep. there's like that, the down hallway to your right. Yes. And then the tunnel in front of you, that kind of thing behind you, there used to be a whole other bit of um, lockers and hallway and stuff. And you would go down uh, a, a different, longer, it was like stairs instead. And when you turn the corner, you came out of those lockers um, in that same spot with like the stage that, you know, you go up and do the, the roof gap to get to Carlsbad. Yep. You, you end up back there. Um, but like every single time, man, every single time I built something, it was, it was way too big and I had to cut it down. That's cool. That's cool, though. Like, you know. That's yeah, the ball. Like, yeah. All right, man. Um, we've got a man. I could talk to you forever, but uh, <laughs> you know, like, but I better get to some of these uh viewer questions. Would you be interested in coming sure. on again? Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Oh man, because yeah. I know, 
Uh, I want to get through these because you know I know it's late, and also um, our viewers here have to go. But we'll get some um, we'll get some of viewer questions. They'll just pop up underneath you. Um, okay, sure. All right, so here we go. Uh, first one is uh, who are the ladies behind the Tony Hawk boxes in the mall level? Oh, um, is that is that an N sixty four specific deal? I think so. Yeah, so that was uh, the one of the programmer's girlfriends. Ooh. Yeah, he he just threw this random little thing there, and I don't I don't you know I don't remember if it was actually his girlfriend or a girl that he liked, and like maybe that was a bad idea. Just trying to <laughs> impress her. To, hey, just trying to impress her. Yeah, like hey, what's up? Look I'll, look I'll get you in my game if you give me the number, and that's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for hey, sure. Hey, you can't. Hey, that's uh, you know, you can't can't knock the hustle. You know. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a group in uh, Texas that did the N sixty four port. Like we we led the way on PlayStation and they they kind of ran with that one. All right, this is from um, Uncle Roadworks. Uh, he says, uh, "Who is your favorite skater in the game, and why is it Bob Burnquist?" <laughs> I got Bob Burnquist right here on my here wall. Go. Um, uh, actually, probably Jeff Rowley uh, for the first. Yeah, for the first couple. Um, his style was he's a he's a a little dude, but he was such a big blaster. Like he would go for it. Um, I was really into the flip team at the time too. Like Rune was awesome. Um, he was doing stuff I had not seen people. He would destroy a pool in real life. It just looked so cool. Um, but Rowley, um, he had the dark slide, and I couldn't get enough of that move. Like you know, Rodney ended up showing us those in in real life, and uh, Jeff actually uh, became known for doing them as well. But um, I, I just thought it was like. That was kind of the one move, other than the 900, like having been a skater, uh, that was kind of something that back when I was a kid, we used to fantasize about. Like, you know, can you imagine, you know, wouldn't it be ridiculous if you could, you know, do a board slide or on your on your grip tape? And then lo and behold, here's people doing it. And so that was really cool. He, he, he I latched onto him because I really loved that that trick and then kind of paid attention to his skating and really liked him after that, too. Burnquist though, uh, he's the first guy that did all this stuff like crazy, crazy switch tricks, like as many tricks switch as he could do regular, which just no one was doing at the time. Nobody was doing that. Switch guys in street, you could always see, uh, you could always tell when they were skating switch because they kind of shifted their weight and it looked like they were moving backwards, you know, so you could always kind of identify it. And nowadays, uh, so many people do it just flawlessly and it's it's so impressive but yeah that was that was a big thing with bob was that stuff this one's from hollitude he asked uh are you he's supposed to, are you a, a regular or goofy footed skateboarder regular and uh, regular and i and i kick right i don't kick mongo <laughs> uh this one's from uncle robux again underground series remaster reboot yeah. do you think that's going to happen uh, there, Activision's getting a lot of good publicity with this first one. I think, I think they're pretty happy with the reception they got when they announced it. And it looks really good. I'm, I think it looks pretty impressive. Um, it looks a lot better than the other the HD uh, efforts. Yeah. Like the, the HD one or even fought like five was, was awful. Um, so if I think they, they do enough like sales wise, there's no reason for them not to. I think they, at the very least, I think they have to do something that includes three, right? Mm. Even if they did one more version. And and Vicarious Visions, the guys that are doing the development on it, uh, 
they're doing a rad job. So how does it feel looking at something that you created 20 years yeah. ago, you know, and you look at it and you're just like, like I was, I was a kid when I did this, you know, was yeah. this, you know, and then all of a sudden people still love it. I fucking love it. Like, you know, but, and all over the world, but how does that feel for you, man, to see it in an HD, like pure, like remade from scratch? God, you know, there's a little bit of jealousy, like, of course, because they have all these powerful tools that you didn't have, know. you know, like these, these machines can like uh, the big thing on PlayStation back when we were making the first one, uh, a number one was fog. You could never look across a whole level because it would slow the whole thing down to it. Mm. It just wouldn't move. But the other thing that, that PlayStation did was um, it had some funky math in the way it did its 3d. So a lot of times, um, if a if any given straight line got too close to the edge of a screen, it would bend, right? So if you go back to a bunch of old PlayStation games, you'll see all these like straight edges go like wonky when they get too close to the camera, or whatever. And we were a game full of of straight edges and straight lines. And so even the N sixty four guys when they were making theirs, their uh, their stuff based off of ours. Um, just seeing the straight lines stay intact, we were so jealous. We were like, oh, that looks so good. We have to do, we'd have to do all these tricks to like cut up all these lines so they weren't too long. Um, and that would help with the, the problems. And, and now you can just do whatever you want. It's just gorgeous. I know. You just imagine like, I mean, what, how much RAM did you have on the PlayStation? 32 megs, was it? I don't even, was it that much? <sighs> I, don't, I don't specifically recall. Fuck. Um, Think about that but you now. had to have a bunch of it dedicated to other stuff that yeah. wasn't your, you know, or your the the rest of the game that was loaded in. So you didn't you didn't get to exploit all of that anyway. I think I had, I think we had eight, eight megs for the level itself. If I'm, I, I could be wrong. That, but that for some reason that number is stuck in my head. That maybe we had eight megs, and then the artist could take another two to to paint it up the textures and stuff I, something like that something like, like that and i just looked up now the playstation has eight gigs of ram that you can use. Like, now yeah <laughs> fuck like like right. imagine what you could have done back then man if but someone the would have said you've got the eight other gigs. thing to consider too is like i watched that footage um and a bunch of those trailers uh a whole bunch of the stuff that the levels that you're looking at were, were the one like ones that i did venice and all that kind of stuff um and they're still the same, you know, it's, it's, that's really cool. Like this thing that, that, that we built 20 years ago, um, is every bit as, and they were super careful not to touch anything. They just made it look good. Yeah. You know, like all those angles and all those lines and everything still have to be all lined up and, and good to go. And, you know, they, I think they've, they've done a good job, like picking and choosing what to mess with and what to leave alone because if you if you bent something the wrong way it's just going to make everything feel different you know yeah. it's going to change were everything you, were you consulted at all like did they bring you in and say hey look this me personally way? no huh? um they have uh they have some a couple people that were on the activision side like marketers and stuff who now run vicarious visions uh jen o'neill i think was a producer on the uh Activision side when the first games were happening. So she's kind of one of the original Activision people. She's the head, I think, of Vicarious Visions. And then they have um, 
I think they have one of the original testers from Activision who's who does a bunch of their level design stuff now. So I think he's kind of and he was a Tony Hawk tester, so he he kind of knew the ins and outs, you know, how it should feel, right? Yeah. He should he knew how it should feel. And then there's another kid that uh, came in. Well, he's, he's a grown man now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the the um, uh, players. Like when when we were, I think like Thug was the first time I had met him. A kid named Andy Thps, and he was just like uh, known for being this crazy crazy player. And he was super good at the game. So we brought him in to Neversoft directly to be a, like a tester. And he eventually, you know, like Thug 2 and all that kind of stuff. I think he ended up making levels later in the series. And he, I think he's a consultant or was a consultant for them as well. So they, they got a few people who know what they're talking about. But I, I don't think that they really picked up any of the original developers at all for, for consult. But... They, they got people who know what they're talking about. So that's good. You know, I, I think they did. I think they did a decent job. Cool. Uh, this one's from Col- Colossus. He says, uh, what would your signature move be if you were in the Tony Hawk game? Uh, the, the, so probably, I, I so I remember one time uh, Rodney Mullen came to the office hmm. and I wanted to show him. He was doing, um, so like uh, there's a, a board position called Casper where you flip the board over upside down and it rests on your front foot and your back foot is on top of the tail while the board is upside down. Well, Rodney could, you know, flip in and out of this and he would do slides. Like he would, he would be moving and do a Casper slide across like a really heavily waxed spot. And I was all excited because I learned how to do it just kind of stupidly, like half a kickflip, you know? And I was like, Hey Rodney, check it out. I can do this. Have a kickflip. Um, and then I could do a, a little half of varial flip to get out of it, right? Which was cool. And that was like the, the coolest little flip trick that I had at least come up with in a long time. Not come up with, but learned. Yeah. So he came to the office one day and, and we were in the hallway and I was showing it to him. And a couple of the other guys were around. And uh, I went to do the flip to get out of it. And I landed on the board um, primo uh, oh, wow. or like on the sideways yep. totally on accident but i like just stuck it like oh, just landed and then and we're and rodney's going nuts and everybody's like oh my god i was freaking uh. out and then it was funny because like i'm standing there and, and now i don't know how to get out of it <laughs> like what do i did so i just kind of you know flopped and got back on and pulled it but i didn't do anything cool to get out of it like rodney gets into that and then he does like a triple flip to get out oh it's it's and he just does it like, he's a He's robotic. He's it's amazing how flawless that guy is. He can just drop the board, bang, bang, bang. And he would do it all the time, you know, like he could just do it on command. Like that's like uh that's like cool. But yeah, that would probably be my signature is my little, like, uh, little that, that, tiny that, weak Rodney Mullen thing. That sounds like like throwing down a free throw line dunk in front of Michael Jordan right there. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. It was funny. He 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 loved it. He knew it was totally he's like, You did that did you do that on purpose? I'm like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy did. man all right well yeah that would probably be it something uh, like that this is from uncle roadworks again he says um uh so you were involved so i'll go from that um but how oh, yeah. was the process getting the jackass boys involved with it and thug uh so that all started with bam that that came in um for for thug one was the first one where we started doing that story stuff um and activision really liked the the kind of the hijinks 
direction that it was going and then bam was exploding right so they they were like we need a real life face for all of this stuff and we need to just go the extra mile on it so they brought him in and that was all that was all about about him and he was always like um he was on all the time like you know you see um like comedians or something in interviews and and they they're just on right like they're just on all the time and that's that's kind of how he was he was a big personality he came, super nice guy super super nice guy um but yeah he came in and and did all of his stuff and we sat in vo booths and recorded a bunch of his lines and did all that and he was totally into it it just kind of worked out right like that's that was what was super popular at the time so it just made perfect sense that like we had this kind of leaning into jackassery stuff for thug and so for thug too, like make it actual guys from jackass you know and, and do it so that was cool awesome um we have um also the jackass game uh, they did a game and that was uh that was made in new zealand oh really in fact yeah it's uh side sid sid uh entertainment they yeah they did that as well they do uh nice. Talk is it talk talk? They're the mobile. They make mobile games now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, is there any skaters or funny uh, characters that you wanted in the game that went in there? Um, we talked about Day One Song a lot, and then he eventually got his own game. He got Grind Set. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we didn't we didn't end up getting him. Um. I think like guys that people that we wanted less than um, like secret characters. We just started putting all kinds of stuff in. We had, we had Wolverine, we had Darth Maul, like everybody just could get involved. It was really cool to get a star Wars character in there. I'm a lifelong star Wars. Yeah. Fan, I so can that see was, in the back. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, uh, one of the ones that was um, funny was, um, Jenna Jameson, the uh, the adult star, porn yep. star. Um, she came into the office one day. And I forget what her name was in the game. Daisy. Pri oh oh yeah, yeah, I thought you meant Private Carrera, but that was somebody else, right? That that actually was a, that's another story. Um, <laughs> that character was made. So I told you the animator made her right. That character. That was her. Yep. Yeah, and he actually named her after um, the Porsche Carrera, the car, because he was a big Porsche guy. Okay. Uh, and there, there was another uh, porn star by yeah. the name of Asia Carrera, who apparently, when the game was a big hit, um, all of her friends started telling her, like, "Hey, somebody told me that you're in this big hit video game. Like, you should, you should see if you've got some money." And in real life, um, I think that I think that lady was uh, like a master's degree. She was a big business. Oh. Yeah, she was super, she was like a borderline lawyer or business head. Uh, and she got wind of all that and set up a, a meeting to come into the office one day to just, it, it was like under the guise of just like being a friendly visit. But we all knew she was like sniffing around to see if she could, you know, yeah, get some find information. something and, and is, is this really me? So we all knew ahead of time, like, well, you know, we need to explain to her that it's not her or whatever. Was that so she showed up. And it wasn't really her. Yeah. Was that when you changed your desktop? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was that when uh, you you deleted all your uh, your internet yeah, history yeah. there, Chris? <laughs> uh, 
yeah, that was a fun day. That was a weird. That was a weird day. <laughs> uh, I bet. Sheesh. But man, yeah, all of these uh, stories of like, yo, Jenna Jameson just like rocked up. Yeah, I just met yeah. like Macho Man. I'm like, God damn, Chris. Yeah. You've lived the life, yeah, my friend. Macho Man still to this day. Oh. And he's gone, he's gone now. So like that, that I hold on to that. He's really cool. This one goes, really um, cool. comes up with a little bit about that. Favorite Jedi or Force user? Oh, uh, I, I, I'm going to just cheap out and say Luke. Luke Skywalker for sure. Not a big yeah. fan of Luke, eh? The moanings, uh, moans. <laughs> he's the original, though, right? For me, like he's the he's the he's the hope. You know, that was it. So it's it's hard to get away. Uh, you know, okay, I'll I'll, I'll say new. Um, I guess. Uh, hmm. Kit Fisto. How about that? Like go. that was the coolest looking. That was the coolest looking one I think in the new movies. Like I thought he was really cool. And then he, you know, he died like he didn't know what he was doing at all. He just went out in two seconds. <laughs> uh, are there any Easter eggs uh, you know about that have not been found um, in any game? Not just the first. God, probably not. I think I think maybe some stuff like all of the graffiti in. Uh, several of the levels, like Rio, for example, um, all of the graffiti, even the little scribbles, are are the the internet handles for real people who were the Tony Hawk. Um, there used to be a, a bulletin board uh, website called Delphi, and uh, all of the Tony Hawk, a bunch of these Tony Hawk fans were on these Delphi bulletin boards, and the developers, us, we we were on there with them. So it was kind of a cool way to. Talk to the audience. Yeah. So a lot of the more prominent people that were on there, names like Granelbark and Darklock and other stuff, they were all all those graffiti names are like our little uh, shout outs to those guys. And then, um, God, no, I, I don't think, I don't think there are. I think all the stuff was was mostly obvious. I remember like Australia, for example, um, in Thug, uh, Thug was it Thug or Thug Two? I think it was Thug. Um, or no, I guess it was Slug 2. Yeah. Uh, so I had a statue, uh, Kenny Koala Bear statue. I think he was called Kenny. Yep. And um, he was he was holding up a peace sign. And you would grind on his fingers. Um, and uh, you would do a not a spin on his fingers. And you would get a gap called Have a Nice Day. Um, and that was because if you, if you, when you came off of it, if you look back at the statue... Uh, you, you broke his finger off and it so was. it was yeah yeah it was yeah. it was having a nice thing. stuff like that um some of the some of the stuff in the background like most of the stuff is known right like school two the, the golf cart driver is joel he's actually and that's joel's voice my voice um oh. is like uh for the first two games like when you when you fall on a handrail and hit your balls and stuff like that's all me screaming and Ooh! yeah all that stuff we actually uh the, the rating board the ratings board wanted to give us um uh not a not a like a mature i think they thought that the sounds were too disturbing when you fell and hit yourself like that so they wanted to give us and we had to talk our way down to a teen <laughs> stuff like that yeah so uh, uh, little bits all right like that next but, one um, oh sorry next yeah. question sorry chris no, no, no. uh assuming motion motion capture was used did any of the staff uh maybe even yourself have to fill in 
with the uh, animation reference and motion capture. Later games. So after I left the company, uh, Neversoft moved into a huge building, a huge new building, when they were doing like Guitar Hero and all that stuff as well. Uh, and they had a big motion capture studio. And I think some of the guys did some of the early motion capture reference. So they, they had gotten away from, you know, the old uh, Tony Hawk in a suit with a bunch of light, oh. you know, reflective balls and stuff. And they had more of the uh, multi-camera set up in their big giant uh, room. And they had a, a mini ramp in there. And I think a bunch of guys did some of the early little lip tricks and stuff for, for the Project 8 and that, that kind of era of the series, you know, the later stuff. All right. Uh, this one is from um, Himogen. He asks, are there any ideas that the team wanted to implement back in the day but couldn't because of hardware limitation? Um, we wanted to get off the board uh, from two. We talked a little bit about it in one, and we didn't end up doing it until four, um, partly because we couldn't figure out how to make it. Or no, was that five? Was it Thug? We, yeah, we didn't get off until Thug, right? Um, we talked about that for years and years, and we could never figure out a, a real good way to make it work. And that was um, a memory thing because we wanted to take every bit that we had and pack all the yeah. tricks into it, right? So anytime that we were going to do, like, we would have to have a whole, that whole set of animations for, like, walking without your board and climbing and all that stuff. That took up enough memory to where, like, that might cost us four or five different tricks because, like, if you think about it, um like a grab right like you would do a, a method grab or a rocket air or a melon grab or whatever that's just kind of uh putting the guy into a little key pose right and he just holds the pose and then you know you're spinning in code yeah. so there's very little frames of animation happening there but to get a guy off and you know walk cycle yeah. and climb ladders and do all that stuff that would have eaten up a whole you know i mean that's that's practically like we we could have maybe not added a character if we put that in so you know, on two, obviously, we added more characters, and those were the priorities. But yeah, yeah, there definitely was. This is one for like me. What What was your favorite cheat that you guys put in? Uh, you can play as my as me and my kids in uh, in three. Wow, Tony Hawk three. Yeah, Man, I, um, I loved Gravity Mode. Yo, Gravity Mode was. Oh fun. yeah, Moon Gravity. That Moon one's Gravity fun too. was the bomb. Super cool. Yeah, we 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 did that one a lot too. What was um, we had like the trust i forget the the we had little acronyms for all of them trust rules or something like that and abacab and you know all those like oh abacab yeah, yeah like oh that's the mortal combat Go com yeah yeah revisiting all those old codes we would, hey. we would use them. um but yeah uh in in three um there was a code there was a code you could put in and if you put in the names of developers they would pop up in the Skater, like yep. as as custom people um and we put like tony's kids in there and my kids and scott pease's kids and i think joel's kid um so yeah like uh my my fourth my fourth kid wasn't born by then but my three <laughs> my three older ones are in there as toddlers and we're they're in all the you know like um some of those videos when you beat the game uh and like never soft skaters and all that a lot of those are shot like in my backyard and my ramp and uh you can see like me and my little toddler hanging out. There's one where my kid is, I think he's on a scooter. He's riding our little mini ramp on a scooter for one of the videos. And he like does this fake fall. <laughs> like It's pretty funny. Oh, it's just good. Man, that's cool that it's forever itched in, you know, in gaming history. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
yeah it's really it was fun yeah. it was cool uh next one is is there any old school games that you'd you'd like to see remastered and remade in hd maybe from uh, virgin virgin wise well they just did lion king did, yeah yeah and they still um, and i've still got a bone to pick with you on that one chris <laughs> okay that's fine uh yeah i, I only tested it man I um God, virgin games that i would like to see redone um i don't know bring out there was a game called thrill kill that was ridiculous uh i did a, a it, tar- it started out as a basketball game and then it turned into an aztec jungle basketball alternate sport and then that progressed into thrill kill and then that got canceled by EA because it was all shock value, like really cheap shock value. Oh, okay. Uh, but I did a I did a bunch of voice work for that game, so I was kind of bummed out that it never came out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mortal Kombat Two. Let's say that I would love to see that like yeah. done. Really, I mean, I know that the new games are I, I buy them all, but. That game for me was the best one. If they would just do a rad, clean version with the controls as simple as it, because they're super complex now. Yeah, um, I would love that. That'd be cool. Uh, did you rate the um, the Dave Mirror BMX game? No, that was done by Tick Two. No, did um, you rate them? Did you think they were good? Oh yeah, yeah, they were fun. That first one was fun. Uh, the first one I think is the one where you you could run around in in the Woodward Camp, old, yeah. you know, and do all that stuff. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, between Matt Hoffman, which was the Activision spinoff of us, yeah, that was our that was our engine. So for me, that one just kind of felt like Tony Hawk, but yeah, you were on a bike. Um, the the Hoffman one had different physics, like, and and I thought that that was really cool. I liked it. I thought it felt really good. The same reason, you know, like when when Skate came out, um, I was a huge fan of Skate. I hundred percented it. That was the first game I've hundred percented in a long time. But it was just so different and so good. Have you seen any of these games? I mean, like there's a there's a skater XL that just came out. Yeah, XL. There's another one. There's another too. one on. Uh, I I got it on my Steam too. Oh. Yeah. Um, I played a little. My my kid got one on Steam. I don't think it was XL. I think it might have been the other one. Yeah, I'm, I'm and looking at my control, Steam right now. The controls were really oh. finicky, and so he refunded it like within a day. He, he did, sessions. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, they look really good. Um, at least they, you know, some of it's a little stiff. They don't, they don't quite look like Skate. You know, like Skate looked really fluid and cool. And um, But, I mean, I think these games are made by really tiny teams. So, yeah. from, from that, they're impressive. Like, I'm at, uh, XL now, I think, is on all the consoles. Like, it just came out on all the consoles. And I, I yeah, I, I need to check it out. Like, it looks good. It looks fun. People like it. This is a this is a question from uh, Waga. He says, "Any thoughts on BMXXX?" <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually, uh, if I recall the timeline correctly, when we were starting to do like Thug Two and stuff, um, and and the Jackassery stuff was at its peak. Yeah, that was the that was the answer. That was the Dave Mira game, and then so it was like uh, that whole engine and everything, and they were trying to figure out how they could be edgier than the jackass guys or get that crowd. And so they did that triple X game, BMX triple X. Yeah. That was ridiculous. It was so silly. It got banned. <laughs> it got banned in New Zealand. We, we did not get it. Yeah. I think uh, they, they gave it a mature rating or something. Yeah. Cause it had 
I think it had strippers in it. I don't remember what the context was, but it was it was absurd. Like there was, <laughs> there was abacab for that as well. You know, in order yeah. to uh, open. Oh, up- that's right. Yeah, the old blood code. Yeah, yeah. There was there was abacab in there to open up certain codes to uh, get rid of some dark or oh, the bars because it used to have the black bar. You know, like yeah, the black bars. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how I know that, but I just know that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I heard it one time at church. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one time at church, someone told me that. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, I, I never tried it. it was just <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, last question. This is from Puma Pants. He says, uh, "What's your favorite song from the first game?" Uh, yeah, I guess I'll say uh, I just did a, a an interview for with IGN um, to talk about the music and uh, my. One of my proudest moments was uh, the Goldfinger song. So I brought that to the table. Oh, um, that was you? Yeah. So early early on, um, you know, we were like, I still have CDs from my collection that have little post-it notes marked on them because we were like, rip these. We would give them to the producers and have them rip the songs that we wanted. Uh, and then later versions, we were using Napster to, to make up lists and stuff. But they they... They basically asked us for lists of songs. Um, when I was working at Virgin Interactive, uh, I worked with a guy named Jeff Gordon, and he ended up starting a, a music video business. He was a director, so we worked on a bunch of music videos for these for bands like um, Real Big Fish and the Aquabats. And um, uh, he ended up working with on a Goldfinger video, and I'd already I had Goldfinger's first record. I was already I was into them. They were really cool. Uh, but he got an early copy of that second record. And that's where the Superman track came from. Yeah. Um, it was like the lead track. Uh, we, Him and I were sitting in a car filming. We were like going to film a commercial for the record release party or something for this Goldfinger record. Um, and so when, when I went to Neversoft a year later, they were asking for music. Um, and a bunch of the stuff that I picked were like local bands that I had seen, like the Vandals and... Um, uh, suicide machines I put in there. Uh, Primus, I was a big fan of Primus. I put them in there, and then uh, Goldfinger. We would just basically write these lists of songs and and send them to Activision, and then kind of cross our fingers, right, and hope that they came back signed. Is, yeah. And so you know all that that you didn't you didn't even think twice about it back then. You just you just these these songs are cool. Mm. Um. And then, uh, yeah, uh, it, like for whatever that song, people that that Superman song, like just latched on. Um, I, I there's a documentary coming out called "Pretending I'm a Superman." Um, yeah, I've seen and it. it's done by one of the original producers, Ralph. Um, uh, so I, I I'm in that as well. Um, and the the whole title of it was that because that song just became so synonymous with the series and that's that was super rad like you know it was just a cool song from a local band i thought it would be easy for them to sign it you know like if primus or the dead kennedys or whoever you know came back and said screw you we don't want to do your stupid commercial product because we're cool punk rockers yeah you know hopefully these local guys or these smaller bands would say yes you know so that's why some of these guys are in there there's there's guys in there that were like uh, I think the Ernie's was a friend of one of the Activision marketing people, um, like, you know, different random things. But yeah, uh, Goldfinger, that Superman song, that's got, a uh, that's a 
Pride point. Yeah, I think uh, I've got a, one of my good friends Waga in the chat says, ironically, Neversoft was better at constructing set lifts before they made um, the Guitar Hero games. Because, <laughs> man, it's so true. Yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 I um, had actually... Yep. You had... Were you on the? I'll you weren't on the Guitar Hero games. No, no, no. The the most fun I had with those was um, be- right before NeverSoft got them, they they did like a a punk rock one with like the Ramones and stuff on it, and that was my that was my favorite one. And but that was before NeverSoft took off with them. All right, so I'm just gonna get into a couple of quick fire questions, real quick, and then uh, and that'll be us. So thank you so much. Um, yeah. First one is: Can uh, Jared Goff lead the Rams to the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> if they're allowed to play well uh it's the other thing too it, it was it was pretty i have my doubts i don't know man like he got onto the big stage once and and he didn't <coughs> he take him all the way so yeah. and now the team's kind of uh team's got they lost a lot of pieces so we'll see we'll see i will say i hate the new logos i can't stand they're they're yeah. awful oh i don't like them why Not why are the Rams over the Chargers, man? So I was a Rams fan when I was a kid. I grew up uh like as a kid I was like five minutes away from Anaheim Stadium where they play, where the Angels play too. Like uh that's my favorite baseball team too. So all the way back to when I was little. Uh and then they moved. The Rams uh owner um moved them out uh and then they you know they won a Super Bowl, I think, three years later. So I was super jaded and hated football forever. Uh, but then the new owner bought the team and he is part of why they moved back. So it was like, all is forgiven because the horrible old owner is gone. And, uh, you know, now I love you again and you're, you're back where you belong. So let's go. And the team was so fun to watch for the first couple of seasons, not the first season that they came back, but, uh, when they started pulling it together, like the last couple of years, that was, that was great. Are you talking about, uh, Gurney going? Yeah, that sucks. Um, you have to be able to admit that, you know, he's on the backside, I think, of his career with those injuries and stuff. But I would actually be so happy for that guy if he just exploded out in Atlanta and, you know, was a superstar again. I'd be I'd be super happy for him. Like, he just seems like such a cool teammate, like, and so talented when he's on top of his game, you know. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a frustrating... Um, it was a frustrating downfall for sure. Are you a Clippers or a Lakers fan? Uh, Clippers when I was a kid, like Danny Manning era and, and like old Clippers. Um, I never got into the Lakers so much when I was the only live basketball game that I ever went to until I was older. Like when I was a kid was a Globetrotters game. Like, uh, and that was a lot of fun. So I was like, you know, okay, cool. Basketball is cool. I did go to this, uh, uh, in high school, I went to a Magic Johnson, like, all-star game, like, Shaq, uh, I think it was, like, Shaq's rookie year, and so he was there, and all these really exciting people were there. I collected, you know, basketball cards and baseball cards and stuff heavily when I was a kid, and, and all the way up through that phase, so that was a cool thing to go see, because then it was just all the big names you want to see down there, but I never, uh, you know, it, by the time I, I would have jumped onto, like, a Laker thing, I would have been a bandwagon guy, right, because yeah. they were good again. The whole world wants him, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to just do that. I, I was uh, really excited. The Clippers were were rumored to move to Anaheim here, um, to the arena where the our Ducks hockey team plays. Yep, I've been uh, to a Ducks hockey game. 
Oh yeah, I love the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My only game I've ever been to. Yeah, they're and they're they're they've been good for a long time. So not not the last couple seasons, but uh, but the Clippers were going to move there, and I was I was fully prepared. Like if the Clippers moved. I would have jumped in I've full jumped in. hook, line, and sinker. I think, yeah, I think they're moving they were, to the forum. Uh, they've got the forum, I think. Yeah, they're getting their own deal now. Finally, hmm. just to get out of get out from under the Lakers. That would be a fun. That'd be a fun. I mean, now they got a bunch of talent on that team. That'd be a great team to go see. But we're not allowed to go out in public, you know. So unfortunately, that'll be a while. I know. We yeah. almost got the we almost got the Kings too. The Sacramento Kings were going to move to Anaheim for oh, a little I, while. Yeah, I because they were they were arguing, trying to get like a. They, they they couldn't get their their arena built, so yeah, they were like, okay. So yeah, we'll see, you know. But okay. but yeah, it would it would be I'd lean on Clippers, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge fanboy. Okay. Uh, what's the go to at In and Out? What's your go to order at In and Out? Um, for a while, uh, so it's always double double. Um, I actually don't get the sauce. I just go ketchup go- and lettuce. Oh, okay. You don't no. do the animal style. Yeah. No, no, oh. ca- I just go to ketchup and lettuce. Um, and for a while I was eating them, uh, double doubles, uh, lettuce wrapped, like, yep. uh, what do they call it? Protein style. Um, That's because we would actually eat those constantly, um, at my old office. Cause there was an in and out right down the street and I would always get so tired. Like after eating one, I'd, I'd want to take a nap. And then we started eating them, uh, the animal style or whatever. And I could just, I was fine. You know, it's kind of like the bread was giving me a, a coma, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So, uh, double, double, um, you can you can you know twice twice fry the the fries so they're yep. crispier. Uh, That's a good uh, well deal. done. I will say, um, In and Out's mix for their Coca Cola is terrible. It's the worst really? fast food Coca Cola. Yeah, like compared to like a McDonald's Coke or something, it's awful. Can't, um, that, I, I'm hot taking this one. Okay, yeah. I think I think that your Shake Shack has way better burgers than In and Out. Yeah. I, I I've only had Shake Shack once in an airport. It is great, but nothing could beat Chick Fil A. I'm just putting that out there. There, or, I do like that. Or <laughs> I do like I'll tell you Good what team. I did like when I went there was that raising canes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That my, stuff my, is. I have, one kid, I have one kid who's a super picky eater. All he'll eat is plain hot dogs, uh, chicken strips, and cereal. <laughs> and uh, I, I say kid, he's grown, uh, but he canes is like his favorite thing in the whole world. Like yeah. he just eats there twice a week. It's ridiculous. That's it is good. That's the only thing, or not the only thing, but when I go, when I have gone to the United States, that's all I do is mm-hmm. just try a different place. I went to Umami yeah. Burger, which is in Anaheim, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that place is really oh. good. I like that a lot. I've had the best sandwich in my life in Anaheim. Um, so, so where? where? Um, it is in, it's next door to, it's in the uh, City Walk, not the City Walk, the uh, Earl of Sandwich, Earl of Sandwich next to Disneyland. Oh, at Disney. Yeah. Bro, I had that turkey, that turkey Thanksgiving jump off, and I was hooked, yeah. yo. I had like four of them my whole visit. So, there. so here's a, a real bizarre small world story. Um, Umami Burger, the one that you went to in Anaheim, uh, I went to the grand opening of that one, um, like a sneak preview grand opening thing, because I told you the story about um, trying to pitch the skateboarding game at Virgin over yeah. and over. And the one marketing friend that I had, her name was Candace, who convinced me to do the numbers and all that kind of stuff and try to pitch it a different way. Well, she ended up be- going on to be a marketer for a bunch of different stuff. And she was 
somehow tied to the marketing for that umami burger. And so she got me into this preview launch event for that place. And they gave us all this free food and all this. And so, yeah, it's there we go, small, it comes, comes around small and world. Another, another place I like to hit when I'm in there, when, when, before I'm going to the Staples centers is fat burger. That place is good. That place is the yeah. jam. The ones that um, they throw pepper on their patties, right? I yeah, think. and they and they smush, yeah. right? They make them really yeah. like a fat dough ball. I do. Just... We, yeah, we had one um, down the street from us here, uh, but I think a lot of those have gone away. But that place was good. I do recall really liking them. I haven't the only, had that in a while. The only reason I knew about that place was because Ice Cube said it in a rap song one time. <laughs> and I was like, I got to try this. A lot of my things come from rap songs. I'm yeah, like, that's the only reason I know like what El Segundo is when I drive down the freeways because <laughs> Tribe Called West lost their wallet there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh my gosh. Yeesh. Yeah. All right, I dude. Anyway, man. Hey, th- can, we, can we get you back on? Yeah, for sure. This was good. This is cool. All right, cool. Thank Super you. Fun. And I'm glad I gave you a, a taste of what New Zealand culture is like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked you know more about uh, my own place than I do. <laughs> oh, well, I love LA. LA is the bomb. I love it. Yeah. All right, dude. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I know the chat is blowing up and th- and thanking you and everything. They should be oh, right cool. now. Right now, guys, do it. <laughs> but um, no, I just want to say a huge thank you for your time. I know it's like two o'clock in the morning, so I'm gonna let you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, man. And yeah, like I said, I'll I'll be in contact and we'll, and we'll we'll get you back on. Cool. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for reaching out. This is a lot of fun. One more question before I leave. I just want to know, is there, um, do you know any one of the 3000 people that bought, um, Tony Hawk's, uh, pro skater, um, shred because I I don't, (laughs) it only sold 3000 copies. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous how, how poorly that sold. No. Uh, but I do know that, um, God, there were so many stories floating around. Like I had a bunch of Activision friends when that came out and they were so bummed. (laughs) So oh, bummed. That's, that's, that, that's like one of the biggest flops in video game history. I think three thousand <laughs> copies. Like, yeah. yeah, you guys would have sold. Uh, here I am. And there were there were pallets and pallets of of those boards that were made. You know, I mean, that's that's like ET, Atari getting buried in the desert level <laughs> failure. You we know, need to bring this. We need to bring this up to some people. Yeah. All right, dude. Yeah. And hey. you know, fun. that was a better game than Ride. It was a better game. Oh wow. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't good, but yeah. better game. All right, dude. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. And I'll be in. I'll, I'll uh, hit you back up and some messages and get another time, eh? So we can talk about some more stuff. Cool. Especially Great. around Thanks when the lot. new one comes out, I'd love to have you on. Get your get your thoughts. I will definitely be playing it. Oh, sure. there we go. All right, man. All right. T- take care, dude. All right. You Thanks, too. bro. Thanks. I know it was a long one. It's longer than usual, but um, no, it was a great conversation. Uh, if you are into uh, Tony Hawk uh, and just even games, this is a, a really cool chat. Hey, I just want to say massive thanks to uh, all the Patreon or patrons, I should say, that are supporting the podcast. But enjoy it. Um, have a great day. And if you are going to play Tony Hawk, hit me up. Hit me up on DMs on uh, uh, Instagram, and, and we'll jam. All right, guys, have a good one. Eh?